P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let him run! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, uh, that's a tape, tape. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up. Hey, Hoff fans. Welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to rewatch some very long Philip Seymour Hoffman movies. This is the final film in our season two of rewatches of Philip Seymour Hoffman films. It is Magnolia by P.T. Anderson, and we're going to get right into it, Kyle, you have it queued up, I believe, on Amazon, correct? Or Cinemax, Amazon? Yeah, I think I did a free trial of Cinemax. It is available to rent on Amazon. But I, I kind of queued it up to the visual of, like, the New Line uh, logo about to start. So kind of get it to that place. If you really want to be queued up via Cinemax, we're, like, 11 seconds in. So I Yeah, it's know. right when you start to see those, like, 3D cards on yeah, the, the, the New Line Yeah, like the box or whatever New Line. So. Yes, so count us down, Kyle. All right. In three, two... One, play. This, of course, is the third P.T. Anderson film he does with him? Yes. So, you know, got Heart Eight, Boogie Nights, and then uh, The Beer. No, <laughs> and then Magnolia right now. Um, which, you know, every role, like, was getting was getting bigger, you know? like Yeah, bigger and bigger. Even though I, look, I have a soft spot uh, for his Boogie Nights role over this one. Yes. I don't remember this opening. This is the whole, like, the different scenarios of, like, is it just coincidence? Is it just chance? Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, this is going to be interesting. So haven't seen it since we had um, Tim O'Connor on for this episode. It was a really, really good episode in our first run, and I haven't watched it since then. And I know you mentioned it in the mid-month, Kyle, but uh, why don't you uh, retell the Hoff fans the last time you've seen this film? Uh, yeah, I mean, the last time I saw it was for that episode as well, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a commitment of a movie, being that three-hour runtime, and it's just, it's a it's a heavy movie. I mean, most P.T. Anderson movies are, but so just being very heavy in a, in a you know, an emotional sense, not to, uh, you know, keep saying heavy like Marty McFly or something, uh, but it's just... I know. I know. There will be blood. Is for the most part revered as P.T. Anderson's, you know, Pat ma- masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. He's the uh, blackjack dealer or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I know there will be blood for the most part. Is usually, yeah, like uh, critically, like re- thought of as like sure, but a lot of people still don't like it. Yeah, the master too. A lot of people. The, well, that that I think that's his most. Um, like love it or hate it polarizing polarizing thank you and this film is just this is his opus though and it's it's kind of fitting that this is the last episode we're doing on this run 
um, just his yeah, opus of a film, our last episode. I mean, and just the way, I mean, it's just a different kind of storytelling right from the beginning of this and just is setting it up thematically of chance and just intersecting stories. I mean, this is, you know, he was just such a director that just working with, uh, ensembles, you know, For between sure. Boogie Nights and then this, like two huge ensemble, very spanding storytelling. And, you know, between that first little, the pharmacist and then the killers have the same last name that spell out the name of the pharmacy. Then we have that Patton Oswald is a dealer and is a, uh, uh, get scooped up by that for that uh, forest fire and then the firefighter that scooped him up was a guy that beat him up at the blackjack table and now this is if i remember correctly it's a this kid that is trying to commit suicide but then it's like the mom shoots the gun trying to shoot the dad and it shoots him while he's falling through the air it's all like weird chance stuff yep Ooh, morbid and I said it on the mid-month. This is a movie where P.T. Anderson, he's done Boogie Nights, and they're like, wow, you're this young prodigy. Do whatever you want. Yeah, it got, it didn't, it didn't win any awards. I mean, Burt Reynolds won a Golden Globe, I believe. But I mean, Boogie Nights was just this trans- transcending film for that era. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's one of, I mean, as far as the 90s goes, it's, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's definitely in a top 20, top 10 of the, of the decade. I mean, you hear people talk about Magnolia in a similar respect among, like, in Letterboxd, like, the film nerds or whatever, but not so much in the mainstream. Um, this is not a film... Again, it's not a film you're going to see on TV a lot. If it's three hours regular runtime, three hours and eight minutes, I think it said, on TV, what is it, five, six? <laughs> to compare to a another auteur-director in his earlier work, at least, like, if if Boogie Nights is, like... The Godfather, this is his apocalypse now. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah, in a way. In a way. In a way, yeah. Maybe there will be blood is closer. I don't know. But I'm not, I'm not trying to say thematic. I'm just trying to or say like, like as the like... struggles in production. Or yeah, anything. exactly. But just as far as like this, again, I'll just reuse the word opus of just... He's really going for it here. And like we said, in the mid-month, then he, next film after this, you know, mind you, this is a director that... You know, then we'll take time between films, the next film, or at least, you know, when we were younger, especially even seen that much longer, per se. Mm-hmm. But um, after this, it's Punch Drunk Love, which is a film that's like, what, an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes, and is, in his mind, like an Adam Sandler comedy, you know, yeah. like in his, his version. It's of as Adam close Sandler. to an Adam Sandler comedy yeah, as P.G. Anderson's It's yeah. a very weird, it's like, you know, so many homages to, like, Superman and just... Now, the hero's journey. I'm not comparing these directors, other than that, they're both acclaimed directors that people know their name. But um, Gus Van Sant, who we've been talking about a lot on my other show, High School Slumber Party, he does a lot of varied movies, right? Like, you'll see a movie that's uh, like a Goodwill Hunting, and then you'll do like an auteur movie that's, you know, shot with single camera in academy scope. Yeah. You know? Um, P.D. Anderson, all his movies have a certain quality to them. Well, they're about different subject matters, you're, you're def- you definitely like get a sense of what he likes when you watch his movie. It's all about broken families. Broken families, but even the style, right? Like Spielberg, 
Right, the great Spielberg can direct a lot of different styles, and yes, there are certain Spielberg qualities to things. He, ha- he well, he has like um, periods. Yeah, like, he's like he's like closer to like a Bowie, like changing his like you know. That's fair. That's fair. But P.T. Anderson, you're pretty much not that you know what you're going to get, but you kind of do. You're saying this is visually, visually, and even uh, thematically, like you said, with the whole family elements thing. Yeah. There's stuff he really. Let's take his uh, his brother Wes Anderson. I'm kidding, but let's take Wes Anderson, right? Like you know what you're getting in a Wes Anderson film, no matter what. Much more so than PT. Yes, much more so than PT Anderson. I think PT Anderson's yes. Wes Anderson has created like his own genre. Like it's just yeah. very much. He's sticking to a very. But PT Anderson's close. He's close to that. Like if if you found out that PT Anderson signed on to do the next Rocky movie, you'd be very confused, right? Yes. <laughs> well, what, I think at one point he almost did a Pinocchio, and then um, and then there was something there's so many. Else I think there's I two like Pinocchios coming out that are live action. Like that's something that people love to remake, and yeah. I never enjoy Pinocchio. Guess who's going to play him in one of them? Tom Hanks. Are you, are you serious? I didn't know that. Or I mean, I'm sorry, not Pinocchio. Geppetto. Or Geppetto. Yeah. How about Roberto Benigni? Have you seen that Pinocchio? No. Roberto Benigni. Yeah. That's his name, right? From Life Is Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, he played Pinocchio. Is it Pinocchio? Um, Your oh favorite God. movie of all time. Oh, this is just. Hmm. He loves it epic sex. And just like, just. Uh... Oh. Is that that's was that Tom Jane? It looked like it, right? I think Tom, like is it like that's a little cameo for him that he plays a young um, Philip Baker Hall, and it's just like the, just the juxtaposition of family man of you know forty years and then cutting to him you know screwing somebody else and just this i love how i mean for a three-hour film at least in the beginning to get you up to speed with like the world that he's showing these characters the way that it's edited the 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 pace that it sets is really impressive really good and just makes you familiarize and throws you right into this world the Kind of these chaotic lives that we're gonna. Be yeah, that's what's weird about this movie. It's not like a Cold Mountain, where it's just like a epic, you yeah. know, like a big, long epic with these landscapes or anything like that. It's like a three-hour indie film, yeah. but a phonetic one that just keeps moving and keeps. I don't know. It's so weird. It's such a different kind of film. Well, I, and to go back to those, the um, uh, the prologue of this film. I think it's, you know, it's supposed to be, everything is, you know, by chance. And it's just, it is the chaos of it all. And, like, kind of then butterfly effect. And, I mean, just, like, one thing, like, the, all, all the random connections. So it's kind of, you know, those three stories that we got in the beginning don't necessarily play a part in the rest of the movie. But it just, almost like a palate cleanser like you going into the theater to watch this film for the first time or sitting down and putting it on tv like it's just gets you ready for the kind of story that he's gonna tell and just these characters and i mean Woo! that was a very sideways-esque yeah <laughs> crash quiz kid Donnie Smith. here we go here we go yes i love to see this, this the way it's just edited the speeding up and just it's very, very editing stylized. It's just, um, you know what? It's a, it's kind of a, sh- a shame. I feel like I should I should know this. Um, I want to look up who the editor of this film is, and if it's if he collaborates, if he's one of those filmmakers that collaborates with the uh, same editor. 
And by the way, guys, I promised I would not look up IMDb trivia. I promised myself that I would not look up IMDb trivia to at least an hour in. We don't want to <laughs> burn that yet. Uh, so a couple things I did want to mention, as always, Julianne Moore, frequent Hoffman collaborator. Well, I'll mention it after this brief Hoffman scene here. That's her dad? No, that's her husband. Husband, right? Yeah. Okay. So Tom Cruise is the... Like, son from another marriage. Son from another marriage, okay. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. No, yeah. The the late James Robards. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love this part. It's it's like online dating before online dating. He leaves the... Per- like, you, like, call and you listen to personal messages. So, well, hello, this is Jim. I work in law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what a crazy... Crazy way of, uh, you know, trying to date. It just makes you recognize, you know, his his loneliness in this small world. I think, you know, he, like, talks about how, yeah, yeah, who likes quiet things. Like, he wants, like, yeah, life very stressful. Like, he just, you know, and this wants a companion. So well. Yeah. And just showing you, you know, listening to that voicemail, voice message that he's, like, you know, having so people could listen uh, and hear his voice, hear some descriptions about him, but then we get to see kind of what his day-to-day is like, just as far as his life and working out and, you know, kneeling and praying at work. You know, it's just crazy. <laughs> and all the whole time, uh, one is the loneliest number, just yeah. playing it the whole way. It's just like, I love it because it's in a way it's like, I don't mean heavy-handed in a in a negative way, but it's just very much like really setting up this, you know, everyday person world. But these these characters that we're going to be living with people. for three hours. Yeah. So I was going to mention um, definitely hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening: Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. While you're there, why don't you leave us a positive review? And that's not for us. It's for Phil, because we're trying to keep this legacy up, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And go back and listen to the other episodes. And if they're bad, we apologize. We were rookie podcasters early on. Um, I think we've, you know, kind of gotten better since then. And these rewatches, they've been a blast. And, you know, I'm going to miss doing them, that's for sure. Uh, whatever we happen to do in the next chapter, maybe we'll talk about that more in Hour 3. Um, but, yeah, just we really appreciate you guys listening to us right now and sticking it out for a three-hour movie like this because ultimately it's a good movie we were trying to pick the good hoffman movies there are no bad hoffman performances because we are fanboys but there are some bad hoffman movies partly cloudy 82 percent chance of rain don't spoil Uh, what the rain is (laughs) um okay so i feel like i mean you know in the end of the day how many directors are also household names but and obviously they played such an important part to filmmaking, but editors are definitely unsung heroes. Can For sure. really make or break. Well, the say film. it's an editor's medium, the film. Yeah. <laughs> so the editor's name is Dylan. Uh, I'm gonna say Techner. Tickner. It's like T I C H E N O R. The first thing that he uh, collaborated with P T Anderson. He edited Boogie Nights. Okay. And he edited uh, Fiona Apple, Fast As You Can. So that's like a little like connection right there with... Uh, uh, and then Amy Mann, Save Me. And then he edited Magnolia. Next, Unbreakable. Well, Amy Mann, Save Me again was the 
song for this movie. Yes. And they're all in it, and P.T. Anderson directed it, so that makes sense. And then, one of your favorite films Unbreakable, of all time. Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. <laughs> one of your favorite films of all time, The Royal Tenenbaums. The Royal Tenenbaums. Wow. Yeah. He edited that. Great edited movie, so I like this guy. Brokeback Mountain. I haven't seen that since it came out. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. A beautifully shot Roger Deakins is just like, I mean, one of the most beautifully shot films ever. I haven't seen that since the DVD came out. Then There Will Be Blood. And then another fun, another connection. I drink your milkshake. Not even connection. A film, I mean, just a film we've covered. Doubt. Doubt. That is a connection. Hoffman. Exactly. Whip it. Whip it. Yeah. Like the, he, he did whip it? He edited it. And that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. Ellen Page. Wow, we covered that in high school. Elliot Parade. Page. Elliot, sorry, it was Ellen Page at the time. Yes, it is Elliot Page now. I don't think they retro, do they retroactively change? No. I don't think so because at the time she was. Ellen Page, he, yeah. He, and, he, he, uh, unless, unless they, I think if it was a write-up now, maybe they do it, but like, I don't know. Yeah, back when, yeah, there was say like Elliot Page was in Whip It yeah, yeah. Ellen Page, Ellen, Ellen Page was in Whippet because that's true. Yeah, you know. But if you're talking about his work in total, yes, it's an Elliot Page movie. Yes, I could be wrong, so apologies if I am. But yes, then the town, the town, one of your favorite films. I just love the moment yes. when he goes in. He's just like, I can't tell you where we're gonna go, what we're gonna do, but we need to hurt some guys. <laughs> uh, Lawless. You like some uh, Jessica Lucy Lawless? Yeah. Oh, Jessica, I love Jessica Chastain. And then another Jessica Chastain film, Zero Dark Thirty. I love that movie. And then... Some uh, people don't like that movie. I love that movie. I like it. I like movies like that. I like uh, political thrillers like that, and I love Jessica Chastain. Then a, a, few, a few other films, but the last one that really means something is then reteaming again with P.T. Anderson for Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. Cool. Wow, that cool. was 2017 already? That's crazy. So it's like... Like, I don't think of that as like... We're not, I mean, are we supposed to get P.T. Anderson's next film with Cooper? Is that is that this Who year? Who knows? Who knows, right? Because yeah. if everything else is delayed, the studio's probably going to want to push that to 2022 at least. Well, they want it to come out for award season, for sure. Yeah. So, like... Okay, so... Yeah, but since they have been shooting it, I would think it's supposed to come out this fall. Because it's a... Like, you can award, still drop award season. Award season movies aren't going to, like... They're not going to get bumped as much as obviously like the way like blockbusters are worried about what specific weeks are coming. But they've out. extended even I think next year to like you can come out in January, February. Oh, to be in this year they did it, and I think for next year just because like to try to balance yeah, to it g- out. give like kind of like how sports are like still not yeah, exactly. like stagger yeah, or stag- something like that, or at least that's what I heard they were going to do. So who knows? But I would think if I had to guess, if I put money anywhere, I would say December. Yeah, well, just December was always. Like, you could release it just Yeah, like, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. But I'm saying, like, let's split the difference between, like, fall yeah. and... No, that makes sense. Um, some curious, uh, let's see, upcoming projects. No. Oh, he's, wow, he's directing, is that the same, is that the... He's directing that uh, Eternals Marvel movie that that director... Um, P.T. Anderson? No, oh. I'm sorry, did I say directing or editing? You said directing. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. He He's the same editor's editing now a Marvel movie, the one with... Uh, there's a, I still need to watch it, but it's that um, with Francis McDormand, Nomad, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the film that's getting like a lot of love. Yeah. The, um, I don't know. She's the director? Chloe Zhao, yeah. Yeah, yeah. then she got fucking Marvel Project. Crazy. Um, 
You a suspenders guy? Sometimes. When you're alone. Oh, yeah. Enough just clasp it onto my flesh. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Do you think you'd ever get to a point where you're not wearing belts and you're wearing suspenders only? Um No, I'm a I'm like a but like I, I wear like the belt that I usually wear is um I don't know what that's called, but it's not like the typical buckle. It's like the strap, you know, like you oh, like that's like you tie a rope around your waist. I don't know what it's called. I, like the, I don't know what like it's the called. The leather strap that goes through the two things and you pull it to make tension. Like I don't know what that's called. I don't know what that's called either. I'm not a belt guy. This is the guy from. Have I seen this guy before? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He looks very familiar. Looks very familiar. Since I have uh, IMDb open, I'll. Uh, Kind of scroll through, see if I recognize him via his picture. Hmm. Yeah, Thomas Jane does play the young Jimmy Gator. uh... You ever see that show Hung? Yeah, I liked Hung. I mean, it it was one of those, like, it was an HBO show that kind of, like, I mean, it it wasn't on TV for too long, maybe four seasons? May if that I think it was three, but it could be four. But it was one of those that like it just started falling into that something good, something bad, like yeah. you know, just like the stakes, the, 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 like, <laughs> that whole. His name is Don McManus. Don McManus, and he's in he's in Vice, uh, Miami Vice, new number one show. <laughs> he's what? Come on, what's what's I need to well Phil Parma scene here, so yeah. This is one of Villager Hoffman's most compassionate roles. I'd argue his most compassionate role. And it's, I mean, obviously he's experiencing a very, like, a tragic story, but it's, and so, I mean, it is, it does become his tragedy as well, but it's one of the less, like, uh, you know, it's, it's less tragic characters that he's witnessing something tragic and yes because he's the caregiver obviously it becomes a sad thing that he experiences but all i'm saying is like he's not like he's not tom cruise that's losing the dad and having this broken relationship and you know everything that's going on yeah he's you not the di- it's not the direct tragedy because yeah, what is the you said in the mid-month and all that what's bumpy on? road yeah bump, uh, bumpy road this is a bumpy road movie it's a bumpy for, road for movie for sure 100 percent um, I hit, that actor was on an episode of The West Wing. I just like scrolled back to the beginning. I wanted to kind of um, see if there's anything that he's in Under the Tuscan Sun. Oh, one of your favorites. He's on an episode of Frasier. He plays Donald. <laughs> you know, if you're a Frasier guy, so I'm a Frasier guy. I don't remember the name Donald. He's in National Treasure. Yes, that's definitely something we we, you yes. know, we would like. I, I recognize him from National Dr. Treasure. Dr. Stan Herbert. That's his character's name. Uh, oh, you're a big Grey's Anatomy guy. Huge. He's on so many one episodes of stuff. That's like what, like, I feel like... I would take that career. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, he... Actually, no, this is one of the biggest things I recognize him from. He's in Ocean's 13. He's like a pit boss. Okay. That's like just something I really recognize his face from. That is, I mean, it's gotta be stressful, but like, it that that is a very interesting career like he's got like 157 titles and when i tell you like he's on one episode of parks and rec one episode of who is parks and rec a character named randall randall parks and rec randall i'm gonna look that up 
He's on one episode of Rescue Me, one episode of Private Practice, one episode of NCIS, one episode of Good Luck Charlie. Uh, he's in Cinema Verite. Uh, no, not Randall Park. Two episodes of CSI. Oh, he's Randall in Parks and Rec. He's the God. That's where I. That's where I was remembering from. He he runs the um the department. The sanitation department. He's always hitting on Leslie. No, that's different. No, it says it. Oh, no, 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 no. Randall runs Sweetums. Randall does a pitch to Sweetums early on. Yeah. Remember when... Yeah, the other guy, Joe, is his name. Joe, yeah, so, Joe. Yeah. Randall runs Sweetums. Remember early on Sweetums when they had, like, a different... It wasn't Bobby Newport. It was, like, yeah. Nick Newport Jr. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Parks and Rec. Great show. Great show. Better than The Office, in my opinion. I know that's a hot take, but better I mean, than it. just better in the, uh, at least in the sense of like new and to end. New and to end. The end season was weird, but if you stuck it out, it wasn't that bad. Um, the Office got a little bit too, I don't know. Well, this is not time to discuss this because of the Hoffman scene, but Parks and Rec, though, um, Early on, there's a lot of stuff from the early seasons that they don't take on to later seasons. Yeah. Like, again, how do you not mention Mark Brandanowitz at all, like, in the finale? Like, yeah. I know they didn't get along with he, him, apparently, but... He should have come back and, like, he should have, like, built something that was, like... Built, I, I always thought it'd be hilarious. With, that, with the big national park, he should have, like, done something. Like, he, he should have built, like, you know, then uh, uh, Ron Swanson becomes, like, the head ranger. It's like... It should have been like Mark Brandano should have been there and like built the ca- cabin. For well, him. I always thought it'd be hilarious if he came back like briefly, like asking or like begging for a job because he like never really wanted to be there. Yeah. And if he like came back asking for a job, I thought, or I for sure thought we would see him when when Ron in the, what you're saying when Ron was running that corporation. Yeah, you know, yeah. like he seems like a guy he, like Ron would bring in for that stuff. Yeah, for sure. That, that, but they, that apparently they just didn't like him, the actor. But like, come on. Cameo, fan service. They didn't like him, or he also wasn't like. They both. It was mutual. Yeah, it was mutual. He wasn't really playing ball. But he said, he said since then is like, if they would have asked me to come back in the last season, I would have. Yeah, it's one of those things that's like, how do they? You know, I mean, it's like a relationship territory. You know, you want to talk about that? Poor communication. I mean, it might come up in three hours. (laughs) (laughs) I know we just talked over a full Parma scene, but that's just you know. Here we go. This is where like it kicks bum, in. Bum, 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 bum. So that Phil Parma scene was more just like setting up this. Yeah. The fact that, and the guys on a cruise club could tell you this. Like this is one of the only cruise. I know he's the, a star, but that's this like, is he's a this, star. He's not the star. No, but this is this is the, but this this is I mean totally like peak time. Yes. Time. He's still a huge celebrity, but he's very much sticking to, you know, Mission Impossible, and he's, you know, got second but top. I'm just shocked. Out. I'm shocked that he agreed to do this. Like, I guess working with a great director, but when do you see... Well, he, t- yeah, he and P.T. Anderson became, like, really good friends. When I think you, before this, and then he was, you know... Then that makes sense, but when do you see Tom Cruise in a, in a ensemble role? Yeah. No, you're right, yeah. The Outsiders before that, that's it? They also, I mean... I think having him, I I I'm, I would be very curious to respect find out. Respect the cock, Kyle. Respect the cock. I'm listening. <laughs> I'd be very curious to find out. Oh God, uh, I'm not saying that. That's such an iconic shot when he yeah. does that. I love seeing Ben Stiller do it in that. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like uh, what? 
I don't remember what it was for. I know it was on the Mission Impossible too. It was for like the MTV. I think MTV movie like two thousand MTV movie movie awards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's so good, and I mean, just going. I was gonna be saying uh, about like him and PT Anderson becoming friends. I am curious, like. Do you, does this movie get made? We're saying, obviously, Boogie Nights, big hit, P.T. Anderson, like, you know, next, you know, big auteur director. Does he get to do this? Did the studio say, you got to get a name? And he, you know, like, was, I wonder, was Tom Cruise attached to this before final, like, okay, you can make this movie? I think it helps get the money. I don't think at this point he needs it. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Because he got Burt Reynolds. I know Burt Reynolds wasn't the same. In the same lot. But Burt Reynolds was more famous than Tom Cruise was at a certain point. You know what I mean? You got Burt Reynolds for Boogie Nights. Um, I don't... I think this is just a carte blanche film. I think what you're saying, if they were friends before this, I think that's why he's in it. Yeah. Because look at the marketing for the movie. It doesn't have Tom Cruise's face really big on the front. No, it's got a flower. It's yeah. <laughs> I feel like if the studio was insisting on things like that, mm-hmm. you would see like, boo, like all the names and then Tom Cruise is like... One of the people, at least, on the front of the poster. Captain Muffy. That's a great name. He said, said, I'm Captain Muffy. (laughs) She said. I feel like I have this at a good enough level that our microphones... We've had problems with that in the past, that the microphone's picking up too loud of... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it's... I can't hear it, but I'm, you know, I'm not good at hearing. I'm, my hearing ain't so good. Seduce and destroy. What a... Uh, I mean, obviously, it's already... I mean, P.T. Anderson is using this as just like... An over the top, like not likable trait, you know. Yes, he's not. Yeah, like we're not rooting for this guy. No, but it's just like I, you wouldn't even like be able to like tell the story of like this character like now per se. Like, I think P.T. Anderson could because he has like he's such an auteur that like okay, yeah, no, you're right. But you're right. I think if you and I were pitching this movie to a Hollywood <laughs> studio, they'd be like for, and, uh, for a lot of reasons, but specifically. And still, so not showing him in a positive light. He's P.T. Anderson getting direct this, and again, it's not a movie just about him. Yes, for sure. Like if it was his like biopic, yeah, you know, that's a different story. Phil side. That's what it said. Is this the only time he plays a Phil? The only time Phil plays a Phil? Aside for like the party's over, you know, I'm talking about like when he, a character he's playing. I guess so. I mean, I I, th- I think I think so. Like, I don't think any early, you know, because you get like those sometimes those early roles that people are like, you know, you never know. Like, are they just like okay, you have a lot to think about, so like we won't make you like have to think of yourself he, in another name. <laughs> he might have been Phil in that like dumb Ricky Gervais movie where he's just like at the bar. Yeah, maybe. I think, but in that, I think he's just bartender. So, <laughs> so like, uh, I know it, one, early on he was uh, credited as Phil, Phil Hoffman. Yes, yes. But he was never his character was never. Now, wonder maybe in the Stranger of Candy because that's kind of a cameo. Maybe, yeah. But this is like a full-on character that's called Phil. I'll look that up. See what is go through his IMDb. And, uh... When you've attended these kind of workshops by the airport, Kyle, like did you, <laughs> did you find them to be effective? You meet people. You, know? <laughs> you meet people. Get to hear some different stories. Um, I mean, I did have you know the same haircut as him. No, I never. I never did no. that while having long hair. I never did the uh, 
what was that? What would that be called? The samurai? Yeah, it's not really a man bun. It's very definitely like Asian inspired. Yeah. Have you ever had a leather vest or worn a no, leather vest? I've never worn a vest. I think outside of a like suit, like a wedding tuxedo, or yeah. like a, a a fishing vest. Oh, true. Or maybe like safari vest, a camera vest. No, like, like safety gear. Yeah, yeah. A, but li- not, but a life vest. That's as a child. <laughs> no, they didn't care. <laughs> It's just even that image of like the yeah, it's like a dog uh, wolf chasing the cat or whatever. Was animal it? Oh, wait, no, excuse me, wait, no, no pussy. P- yeah, come on, move. Yeah, move. move again. Come on, come on, Tom. No pussy has nine, nine lives. lives. Oh God. God! Yes, this guy is the dirtbag. What what year is this movie? Ninety nine. You know, it really does feel like it's ahead of its time, ironically. Like, it doesn't feel like a 90s movie, does it? If I say, like, a 90s movie, think this. It feels like 2004, 2005. Yeah. Like, I know we were kids, but what were you watching in 99 or whatever this movie was? Um, I don't know. It was, like, coming out in 99. Well, American Pie is out, like, around then. Yeah, but like, I didn't see that until... But I'm saying, like, you know, like... <laughs> there's a... Things are a little bit different yeah. in 99, but I don't know. I don't think of P.T. Anderson as a 90s director. It's weird to think of him as like a well, new millennium director. Yeah, and I mean, and his, well, his, and his stories are just very, they're just like everlasting. And they just like, they're dealing with, I don't know, like the, the stories are just about people. Like I'm sure obviously there's going to be some things that are going to age it. Like you're going to see a cell phone, but it's, you know, just... Oh God! <laughs> the power. I'm gonna scroll all the way back to the beginning of. Oh wait, I can't go past. I hate how like IMDb has like right afterwards. Like if you scroll too far, it goes from like actor then to producer then self and everything like that. Ugh. So I'm not a big IMDb fan for a lot of those reasons. Yes, it's good with the minutia, but. I've been looking on Wikipedia for, like, oh. stuff because it simplifies it. I'm going to kind of, since I'm scrolling through and looking at if he was ever credited as Phil besides this film, I'm going to quiz you on some things. Okay. And I'll, I'll go with, like, obviously, like, I'm not like, a, like, my new gun, his character's name is Chris. I'm not going to, like, ask you that, you know? Well, I did this to you, like, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. Um, of this character specifically. Yeah, what character, character name. Okay. So, and you did good. You did good. I, did, I think I did a list of ten, and I think you got them all right. Triple bogey on a par five hole. Again, I just quizzed you on it. I don't remember. <laughs> it's not like scooter or something like that. What's but... a word that our friend Dan Farr probably says a lot? Yonder. <laughs> like in a uh, like if a, a, a situation, you know, is uh, something goes right or just tell me something. What is clutch. It? Clutch. Yes, clutch. I knew it was something like that. So I said scooter. <laughs> um. Joey Breaker. Joey. I'm, I'm bad on the spot here because I remember even asking you about this one. What's his name? Wiley McCall. Wiley McCall. I knew it was something crazy like that. Um, I'll ask you this because maybe... Have have you covered my boyfriend's back on high school? So Not, yet. Not yet. Okay. What's his name in that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Joe. Chuck Bronski. Chuck Bronski. <laughs> I like that though. I like that. The yearling. <laughs> The yearling? I don't know. Cousin Ted. 
Buck. Buck. Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> Seems like a buck in that. It's no more. Uh, it's, it's the closest we're getting so far is he's in a short film called Culture that he's credited as Bill. We never got <laughs> to. That's another Lost Hoffman project. We've never been because I think it was even nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, we've never been able to track that one down. Culture. So he's dying, Jimmy Gator. Yeah, he find out that he has uh, cancer, I believe. And, and he's the dad of Tom Cruise. Him? No, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. okay. No. <laughs> he's her dad. What's his name in Flawless? Flaw- Rusty? Yep. But it's just credited as Rusty? Like, we don't yeah, learn just Rusty. Okay. I think he has a last name. Probably, but yeah. So yeah, Phil Phil Parma in obviously both uh, the music video Save Me and Magnolia, both the same characters. I'm not good at character names. No, I just I won't quiz you anymore. I'll just, uh, I'll just almost famous look through. Yeah, S- Sandy Lyle and almost famous. The Savages. John Savage. Yeah. <laughs> really, I just I knew his last name was Savage. <laughs> Isn't John Savage a famous actor too? Fred Savage. <laughs> I think John Savage is Deer Hunter. Oh, the guy that like... Like the main guy who like is not like a name to us these yeah. days. Out of the three of them, not... Not, not Walk-In. Yeah, or not Walk-In or De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> That's a movie I haven't seen in a long time. That's a talk about... I mean, yeah, like movies. we'd have to like... I forgot Alfred Molina is also in this. Alfred Molina is the man. He really is. as Spider-Man. Yeah, as... Uh, our dear friend and Cage Club co-founder Mike Manzi shared with us on Twitter the, uh, which I think I had seen that before too. Yeah, because you know when you we you and I used to get those DVDs back then. So so you're alluding to um, Spider-Man Two the DVD. Yeah. Uh, or there's like a deleted scene that's funny, but when you used to get these DVDs back then, you watched everything, everything wall to yeah. wall. That was part of like the excitement of getting the DVD. I don't understand how. Um, I know it's not going to be nearly as big, but how do, how do these streaming services not request that digital information? That's a whole category of stuff I would watch if I... How, okay, I'll, I'll do you one more. How about Disney Plus, which already owns all that stuff for their Marvel things? Why don't they have... Maybe it's because it takes too much time to upload. They probably will eventually. Why don't they have the Marvel extras? Yeah, I mean, it is like a some. lot of like media, obviously, if you're going to watch the whole like you know commentary on it. I don't even know if... Because like, I don't really buy... Blu-rays, DVDs anymore. No, they're like bare bones now. Yeah, like are they doing like full mm. commentaries and stuff like that? That's like what that's what podcasts are for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and YouTube Money videos, Ball. stuff like that. Moneyball. He's art how. Yeah. So. Nope. Never. 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 Just Phil again. Wow. Simply Phil. Somebody feed Phil. Phil Parma. I love it. Somebody feed Phil Parma. No, I love alliteration. You do love alliteration. It's very super superhero esque. William H Macy, interesting career, very interesting career. Are you going to bring up the Cooler right now? <laughs> no, <laughs> not, uh, not a popular Ryan Fried Family Movie Night for you, the Cooler. Was that a Ryan Fried? That's what you told me at school. Like, oh, my family rented this movie. It was not good. Yeah, it was a weird movie to watch with a family. How about uh, Jurassic Park 3? I mean, it's not that good of a movie, but... <laughs> first thing I think I ever saw him in was... And I, I you know, could obviously scroll through IMDb and see, like, is there a... Air Force One. 
And our movie that I saw at a young age. Air Force One, I definitely saw him and I didn't recognize him yet. <laughs> and I remember, like, in that movie, he says, Jesus Christ, a lot. It's really <laughs> funny. Like, that's like his good, like, I think they 80, like, moments that they need little things. Like, they keep using the same Jesus Christ line that he said at some points. <laughs> so, with him, right, like, I definitely saw him in that probably first. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't really register it. Like, at the time I, like, saw it again on VHS, I'm like, oh, wait, that's this guy. So, I'm trying to see the first movie where I was, like, looked him up, recognized him. I was definitely by Jurassic Park 3, which is only in, like, 2001, so. He's in Mr. Holland's Opus. We'll cover that. Oh, yeah, he's the... Oh, uh, Fargo. He's in Fargo. I didn't see Fargo until high school. I saw... Oh, you're right, you're right. I definitely saw Air Force One before Fargo. Yeah. Boogie Nights. Wait, what was the one that you said before? Pleasantville. Pleasantville, definitely. Oh, yeah, Pleasantville, yeah. yeah. Another movie we'll cover. Yeah. I said Mr. Holland's Opus before. Yes, so that, that... That... But Air Force One is like 97, 98, I think, right? Uh, Fargo is before that. Down Periscope, one of your favorite movies. But <laughs> Mr. Holland's Opus, but what, what 1995. Well, oh, okay. So, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Holland's Opus I saw before. Yeah, Air Force One, 97. Okay, yeah. Pleasantville. I didn't know he was in the new Psycho. Hashtag. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the detective. Okay. okay. But, or private. Right. I don't know if that's a Hashtag Gus Van Sant lap. Yeah. It was cool. Um, Mystery Men. Which is yes. the same year as this. I was really like, yeah, I loved Mystery Men at the time. I tried to watch it the other day. Woo, woo, Waffle Man. <laughs> it's funnier or more funny. The first half is more funny than the second half. Like once they start becoming real superheroes. Most superhero movies, that's what. Hey, honestly, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, Dan, no, Dan okay, Cook wow, he just had a real swing there. Of you know, it was very much. But I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but John C. Riley as a cop, I'm with it. I know cops aren't I mean, the most stash, popular yeah. guys these days, but John C. Riley as a cop. I mean, he's, but he's a, he's a good guy in this movie. He is. You know? So, Seabiscuit, he's in. Oh, wait, who? <laughs> William H. Macy. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought you were saying John C. Riley. Sahara, one of your favorite movies as well. <laughs> I started watching that the other day. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Penelope Cruz. I love Penelope. Penelope Cruz is amazing. Never co- collaborated with Hoffman, right? No, I tried to. Beautiful news, Penelope Cruz. It's like there was a very there was a there's a weird connection in the, like because not that that Philip Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman wasn't in either. I mean, he passed away before Phantom Thread, but wasn't in either. You know, collaborations with uh, uh, Daniel Day Lewis, but there was that. When Daniel Day-Lewis would like, you know, had the uh, uh, Renaissance kind of with uh, uh, with There Will Be Blood, and then he was in that movie like Nine or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I and think his she, wife directed or something. Yeah, or and but Penelope Cruz is in that, oh, and okay. so that was just I don't know. There was a weird moment that I was like, wait, I know there's some <laughs> kind of like you know degree of separation. Now, um, something that was interesting that I was thinking of. Um, so before this, we recorded a little bit for my show, as my 200th episode um, has already come out at this point. Uh, but you interviewed me a little, and you asked me what were some of my most influential films. And as I go through, sorry, just growing up and stuff like that. But and as I go through um, the IMDb for William H Macy, I see "Thank You for Smoking," and I remember like seeing "Thank You for Smoking" yeah. growing up and like being. Phew, 
mind blown. I love those early like Jason Reitman films. And great. We, we'll have to, uh, once I get Foodie Film started up again, next episode I have you on, we'll have to talk. The great state of Vermont will not apologize for its cheese. Oh, oh you need to write that down, yeah. But, oh, didn't we do another thank you for smoking scene? The ice cream. Right? The ice cream one, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So thank you for it smoking. Is, it is a food-related food film because that's what, um, what oh, how you, Dan Keckner? Yeah, he's a, he's with firearms, but the girls with alcohol, who I love too. Oh, she's name? with alcohol, but doesn't he make the whole? Well, they, they, oh, but at the end, there's a new group of people that like isn't one of them like health health really? I thought, yeah, right, something like yeah. that. Uh, Jason Reitman, not to do. I wish Hoffman worked with him. His his like first five movies, I loved. How many more movies has he done besides? Five? Maybe not a lot. <laughs> Thank you for smoking. I loved Juno. I loved Up in the Air. I loved. Four young adult I loved like those first four I really young loved. adult they filmed by where we uh... yeah Japan yeah um, after that Labor Day which I, I Labor yeah, Day Men Women Children and... Tully and now the Ghostbusters one the front runner too oh I never saw that one that's got I, that's I wanted got, to see that it's got Billy Burr in it you know I'm gonna write that down because I've wanted to see that movie yeah that's the uh, I like political thrillers that's his that's Hugh Jackman as what was what was that politician's name that was like the front runner democratic right uh gary hart yeah well, who, who was that against was he gonna be the democrat against bush yeah right and then dukakis and he yeah. could they, they said he could have beaten bush potentially yeah but they ran dukakis instead rockus dukakis the best campaign slogan it's slogan pretty ever. awesome <laughs> rockus dukakis the only next great one and he's alluding to it more and more is the rock well, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's almost too obvious about it that I'm like, he cannot be serious. I think he just, I don't know. Like, a, it's like leaving yeah. his options open. No. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It would just be fucking crazy. The only celebrity I probably would, but I'm like okay with this, you know, because he he's a nice guy and he's such a hard worker. Actually, is actually a good businessman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that combo, right? Like, yeah. I don't know his like internal beliefs. He might be like a total racist. I mean, I would doubt it. <laughs> I, I, I doubt it. Just get, I mean, well, okay. I mean, I, yeah. Towards, I guess. I mean, if he's gonna be racist, I, I, I would assume that it would be against African Americans or he, Pacific. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know. <laughs> but and like, I would prefer like people with experience run for office. Well, like, I hope he runs for uh, would run for governor before or something. I don't know, but like, in terms of if you want to say. If there's just like a breakdown of complete society and they're like, pick your hardest working person. Yeah. Like that yeah. man works. Whew. He's always the plan. He's always, what am I doing next? And not in like a looking ahead kind of way, yeah. but he's like, if I'm going to be in a movie, I'm going to market the shit out of that movie and then next project. And then, you know, if anything, if we get, if we get to a territory, which I think there should be more like, uh, uh, a, Czar of sorts, like, like a, <laughs> yes, like a the democracy falls apart. And we... No, no, I'm sorry. I, so czar is the wrong word. But like, if like what the queen is to England, like, like a ceremonial yes. leader, <laughs> like, and that's because everyone wants like fucking celebrities. Everyone's like, oh, we want a uh, Oprah, you know, like and uh, or like heard her run. And uh, no, no, I don't want Oprah. I don't want any. The only famous person I will allow is him. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Would you get a door that had your? Uh... No. Cartoon photo. I would get that door. <laughs> Do you think any amount of success that you might have would ever get you to that level of ego? Well, but that's like, I mean, like, 
I don't consider like Conan to really have an ego, but his stuff is everywhere because he just like you know becomes like recognized. I mean, you you think Conan doesn't have an ego, but he has it. Well, uh, like all know, these people have. Uh, like, I'm yeah. sorry, you know what? I, like, I, I agree with that in the sense of even like obviously po- to go back to like po- politics. Like everyone like has an ego. To, like, yeah. That they, yeah. No. So in the in oh, the scheme yes. of like someone did that for him. Okay. Yeah. So let's take that aside. Do you think you'll ever be someone who has like a mural of yourself in your home or? You know, starts out as a joke. And... Uh, no, the closest that it could ever get to that is if, and you actually uh, had like it's kind of like it was a picture that was turned into a painting recently, right? Of uh... oh yeah, yeah. No, we get like yeah, like family portrait. Yes, stuff. exactly. Yes. That that's that's the closest <laughs> you could ever get. Like, would would you have a picture again? Of... Without you're saying without fame? No, maybe yeah, fame. Maybe I don't again. Know. So I would think that. But it's um, your home. My home? No. There would probably it, just be more pictures, more pictures of me, like, because of achievement mode. Yeah. It's like, it would be like me shaking the president's hand, for yeah, example. Shaking yeah, the rock's hand. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> no, when you said the president, everyone understood it was the rock. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when you do coke, do you do it like that, Kyle? When you, when you do crack, do you do it like that, Kyle? Is that crack she's doing? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you're the expert. I'm just... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Not even close. I, I, I mean, it looked she, looked like she was just snorting something, but then she was gonna light a flame. So then that would oh, I thought she was that, like that would be more heroin in the sense of like because you can snort heroin and then you can also is it did the volume get louder? Or am I crazy? No, we just I mean, there's a song playing right now, mm. so. When you've had to hide stuff from the cops when they're raiding your apartment, what's your strategy? I've hid stuff from the cops before, and you were there. What? Fireworks on the beach. Oh, fireworks. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there were Ill- illegal substances. True. True. <laughs> if you want to call a firework a substance. <laughs> also, I mean, I mean, Julianne Moore is never, like... Um, uh, disappeared or anything like that. I mean, she's no. talking, I mean, she has a fantastic career, but just like also like this is when she was really hitting her stride, you know. Yeah, she, Jurassic Park two, Sarah Harding, as well as <laughs> Lost World. Yes, it's yes, it's the second one though. Yes. You're allowed to say that. <laughs> Ooh, does he have one of those pens that has like the multiple colors? It looks like it. Yeah. Oh, what was that guy's name? I didn't see. That sells the, uh, you know, the, it was always like the little, the ovens, the rotisserie stuff. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Porn. Look how his mouth is open. Yeah, Luis <laughs> Guzman, I forgot. This really is, like, I mean, just his, just, I mean, Boogie Nights was obviously an ensemble film, but like, he it's like he meets a lot of those people on Boogie Nights though and then Yes, and then like make sure they have at least have like so Luis Guzman like, you know, has a smaller role in this movie, like Thomas Jane kind of. I mean it wasn't a big role. No, but then he kind of abandons that, you know what I mean? Not abandons. uh, Well to go to the uh, I mean, Wes Anderson does that too. Like he a little too much in my Well a little too yeah, that's what one of my I love Bill Murray, but like you don't need him in everything. No, uh, but I mean, like to, to I me, love like, Fresh Start. I would love Fresh Start with Wes Anderson. Um, yeah, I mean, which 
he he'll add like actors that he hasn't worked with before, but then he like still fits. Like it was weird. Like in uh, one of my, I mean, my least favorite one. Not that I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but like uh, the um, I was a uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of new act, like Bruce Willis. That that was the first one he worked with Ed Norton. I'm pretty sure and. Kaitel and Francis McDormand, but then like he has, I know, I mean, there's the kids as well, but then there's so many other like small, like Jason Schwartzman, then back yeah. in it, Bill Murray's still in it. Uh, you know, I could look at a list and like go on, but, but like, there's still a listers, not the kids, obviously. Like, uh, like Wes Anderson, use your talent, discover some new people. Yeah. There's some great actors out there. Did he ever work with Danny Glover again, Wes Anderson? No. Hmm, interesting. He's so We like, know he didn't get along with Gene Hackman. Yeah, Gene Hackman is like his Burt Reynolds, yeah. to keep comparing yeah. Anderson to Anderson. You think they've met? Wes, Wes and PT? Yeah. Oh, for yeah. Because people they're... in Hollywood say this, like, you think we all have met and we haven't. Like I remember Andrew McCarthy, I saw him at a book signing in Northvale, and he was like Pretty much if I wasn't in the movie, I didn't meet these people. Like, you think we cross paths. We don't. Like, it, when you're at an award show, you don't, like, just be like, hey, you're a teen actor, too. What's up? Like, he's like, you don't do that. You don't talk to people you don't know. He's like, we, he's like, the people think that, like. I mean, so, some people take it as an opportunity, like, to go up I, and introduce But he was saying, and I've heard this from other people, too. Like, it's very rare. I think a director more because you're like, oh, I want to work with you, right? Like. I think actors a lot less. Like, you have your clique, and even if you're private, maybe you're a private person, you know? Well, I mean, also just, like, the schedules alone. True. It's just, I mean, that's what, I mean, to bring back uh, Conan back into the conversation and his podcast, uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and his whole thing. I mean, you can just clearly, like, they've never fully flat out said this. He's, like, said it in some kind of ways, but it's just like... Look, look, they did meet. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Anyway. So you're saying? Um, no, just like that. You know, like I mean, so Conan is. You know, I mean, I know number one, it's a gimmick for you know the show's title and everything like that. But he just says like, you know, yeah, sure, he's is technically friends with some of these people already, but it's just him to you know even on his regular show they're just in and you know i mean you see it sometimes that people will stay for the second guest but like rarely not, yeah rarely and also they're there to promote something yeah, exactly usually. it's like they know what the topic's going to be about but as far as this podcast and him trying to actually make a friend or whatever again i understand it's a gimmick but it's just like you you do hear it and you recognize it and it is just something crazy that i feel like a lot of people don't think when it comes to filmmaking but you're seeing it right now with so many films being, you know, delayed or, uh, you know, re, you know, and them being rescheduled. Actors having to drop out of certain projects, and you really think, and which makes ensemble movies all the more impressive. I understand that you know a lot of these, it's not like all the actors are in the same scenes together, but still, just even then scheduling the shoot for those actors, like you said before, like William H Macy's and. You know, when you have the actors that are in two movies in the same year, and True. just making sure Tom Cruise's movie isn't the same time as Phil Schumer Hoffman's, you know, like when, I mean, again, I know they have, I don't know how many days it took to shoot those scenes that they'll eventually be in together, but it is pretty, you know, it's just impressive. So yeah, that makes, as far as like celebrities meeting one another and then, yeah, like becoming friends and staying friends. And I'm sure, I mean, 
as we said, egos before that probably that definitely gets in the way. I, you mentioned that, and I was thinking, you know, the connective tissue between this film and Wes Anderson. And I just sent you an article that I'm reading through as we watch this film. Is that editor um, Dylan? What was his name? Um, uh, sorry, uh, Dylan Tishnor. Uh, yeah, and he's worked with both. And I was like, oh, I wonder how that happens. And so. You know, contrary to what I was saying, he actually met Wes Anderson at a party. and Who did? Sorry. He met Pete, the, the editor met P.T. Anderson at a party. Okay. And this is something we talked about on Hoffman, how um, he was unhappy with the editing of Heart 8. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how they met. And this guy was like, you know, let's do this. Yeah, so he worked with P.T. Anderson before. Not too, not too long before, but then, I mean, he's worked with P.T. Anderson multiple times. He's only worked with Wes Anderson mm-hmm. once on Royal Tenenbaums, which is after first collaborating with P.T. Anderson. Yeah. Uh, so do you think, like, do you think, like, Wes Anderson was like, I'm gonna, like... Well, I'm, I'm reading it now. I'm reading it now. So on Magnolia, for example, he said it was, you know, kind of hard to do because P.T. Anderson didn't really have a script. Can you believe that? He just had his ideas and some lines written on Microsoft Word. So when you're editing, you know, you're editing based on a script. He's like, that was super tough. Um, so, which really goes to our theory of like, this is just being like P.T. Anderson's project. Like, do what you want kind of thing. Uh, a little super tramp. Uh, this is when he's like looking at the bartender. The bartender has braces. <laughs> oh, man. Look at this. Um, P.T. Anderson went back and forth over the films. P.T. Anderson and, and the, the editor went back and forth over the runtime. He kept asking, what do you want me to cut? And P.T. Anderson was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> We're not cutting anything. And yeah, then, which is which is also just like a whole different, I mean, editing. And obviously there's different, there's editors for different like departments and stuff, but, or, you know. But like, if you're the overall, if you're the head editor, still you're you're obviously overseeing all of that. But just yeah, to edit out just story beats and making sure it's still like a complete story yeah, versus but... versus then like editing in the sense how I was saying in the beginning the pace and how it's cutting and what you know for sure. But look, look at this. So here's the kicker to the whole thing. He says years later, I get a text from Paul Thomas Anderson saying Magnolia is playing on TV. It's way too long. Thanks a lot, Dylan. I'm sure he was kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, now, let me, I'm going to try to read quickly about Royal Tannenbaum's here. Well, so he says Wes Anderson's totally different. He's a hands on mathematical editor, he called him. Wes Anderson. The editor said that about Wes Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Like he's very focused on what scenes are edited in what way. Uh, one of the things he requested that they were not able to do, he was like, this is impossible. Wes Anderson on Royal Tannenbaum's wanted every cutaway, like, you know, those cutaways that he famously does, oh. to be the exact same length for like every little thing. Oh. And he's like, that's, they tried, but, 
Because he was like, you can't cut to a rhythm of a song and have it be the same length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Interesting. That's interesting. I mean, I could, you know, I mean, clearly he is a mathematical guy if he was endorsing a credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Making movies. (laughs) It's the peak. And he has a really good point here that I guess I really never thought about with Royal Tenenbaums. You and I both saw it recently. Um, rewatched it recently. And he, what this editor was kind of saying was that movie is so subtle. It's not trying to hit you in the head with a lot of things. It is in terms of visually, but not so much what's happening, that the emotion at the end just catches up to you. Yeah. Right? It's not like a long play of like emotion. Oh, boy. It's just like Ben Ooh. Stiller, like, and, we, and <laughs> like, I mean, so I, I, we, we've, we've had to have like said this. So like, were Ben Stiller and Hoffman ever in a film? Uh, I'm joking. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Polly. Um, and just, I mean, having to compare Anderson to Anderson, you know, so like Royal Tenenbaums is like the Magnolia, you know, in a way. Yeah. And yeah, just like talk about like emotional scenes. And then obviously it's weird, like, you know, I mean, there's so many emotional characters in this movie, but definitely, I mean, it comes down like Tom Cruise breaking down the way he does, mm-hmm. but the way Ben, so then the, you know, Ben Stiller, the movie wars, but Ben Stiller <laughs> then being like, it's been, you know, it's been a tough year. Oh my God. When that is said in the movie, it's, it's just, emotional. It's emotional. Or like, uh, and it's played for comedy, but you also feel it when Bill Murray is like, you may have cuckold of me, you know, or, or I always get emotional at the end when. He, uh, Bill Murray puts the fire hat on and he's like, and the kid Dudley, I think his name is like, you look great. You know, it's just, it's like, a, ooh. And again, that movie. Oh, has, what Bill Murray, I mean, in Life Aquatic goes like, I wonder if he remembers me. Oh God. That just makes me tear up every time. Yeah. And you had a lot of that in Darjeeling. And again, I think, uh, <laughs> what's the, what's the hotel movie? Um, Grand Budapest Grand Hotel. Budapest, yeah. I was going to call it, covered it on food I was going to call it just Hotel Budapest. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, I think you see a lot of that in there too. He has a weird way of doing that. Yeah, at the end when Ray, when Ray finds characters killed by those soldiers, but it's like again like pr- protecting. Wow, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but you you have um, P.T. Anderson is so different when it comes to that. They're just again I know, we're only comparing them to the same last name, and they came out. Probably around the same time, there was like yeah, they're just two white American directors, <laughs> yeah. but two two direct like big directors that got their start in like the nineties in that like second. It's not the uh, you know like you think in the early nineties with like Tarantino, yeah, not that kind of like and Kevin, thing, Kevin yeah. Smith, like that Spike Lee, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like yeah, Wes Anderson, P.T. Anderson, just like two filmmakers that had you know and similar, you know, similar trajectories and just even the way they like the time between releasing of projects and everything you know Wes Anderson has not greatly but has surpassed P.T. Anderson I think how do you think you would do on a show like this Wiz Kids me yeah bad (laughs) I know you don't like to uh, famously famously you did not do well at a Rocky Marathon (laughs) yeah being put on the spot I guess yeah (laughs) But that's not true. Like on, on, I feel like on dates here on the spot, and you always know what to say. Let's start. I'm not being quizzed. <laughs> oh, you never had a woman quiz you on a date? No, I don't think so. Like this is why I can't be single.
You've never quizzed a woman on a date? Quizzed? Are you at the point, like, I know in your youth, if, like, a someone expressed, like, an opinion you didn't agree with, you had to express, like, film-wise, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you're, the date's going well, the date's yeah. going incredibly well, and someone on the date says, like, oh, like, you're talking about your podcast, and she's like, oh, you know, I'm not really a big Phil Simmer Hoffman fan. Do you have to say something? And get mad or like? If not every, get mad. If everything else like, is going really? well, like no, I would like, I would, ra- I would just like rattle off Ricky J. One of his. That's uh, his name, right? Ricky J. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, He's a mystery man too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I would rattle off some of his best roles and be like, really? Like none of those. This guy's yeah. the priest in Wedding Crashers. And he's also the uh, Illinois Nazi in Blues Brothers. <laughs> True. Yes. So you're saying yes. So like, someone on a date says to you, like, oh, you know. Just doesn't do it for me. It's, like, it's not a bad actor. I'm just, just not a fan. <laughs> Everything else is going well, though. Like it's yeah. So I'm not gonna. Yeah, that's not 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 a reason to. Wow, I think some Hoff fans will be disappointed. Right oh now. my god! <laughs> I'm sorry that like I I, I, I want to find a, a partner. I would say, listen, you know, we might disagree on this, but I'm sure you know. Let's watch a Hoffman movie sometime. Yeah, I would. I would. Let's I, watch I, Love well, Liza. That's gonna be great. No, <laughs> god. No, I, I, I would. I would. No, I would. I would ask her. I mean, if someone has that kind of statement, I would assume that they've seen. I would hope that they would see, have seen a majority of his work. And if they haven't, like, I would ask, and I would. I don't know. But also, I could see. I mean, if she, I would assume if anyone says that like, about Philip Seymour Hoffman, again, it's more. Because they're not into bumpy road movies. <laughs> like, but then, I, but then, should, to... should you really be dating you? That's yeah, the, that's the, the, the bumping road. <laughs> I'm just bumpy road. No, no, I got, a, I got an ointment for that. So <laughs> oh man, how many Julianne Moore Hoffman collabs again? Oh boy! All right, um, Big three. Lebowski. Boogie Nights, obviously, um, and this, yeah, and, and then, uh, and then Hunger Games. Oh, pff, I forgot about Hunger Games. So Hunger Games is ambiguous because she could have been in a couple Hunger Games with him, at least two. Yeah, I forgot she's not in the earlier ones. So I think it's no, two. She's just like in the part two, part one, part two. Um, was there any other ones? I mean, that's still a lot. No, yeah, she was. She was one. I think that was like one of our most collaborative. Mm-hmm. Catherine Keener, her. There was like four we had who had more. Oh, Amy Adams, Amy Adams of course. Yeah. yeah. Was Amy Ryan in more than one? Yes. What am, what am I missing? You quizzed me on the last time and I didn't remember all of them. It was three, right? Well, she's in Capote. Capote, Jacko's Boating. Yeah. But there's one more? I thought so. Is she in uh, uh, Schenectady? <sighs> now I gotta look this up. Yeah. Or that's... Synecdoche. Synecdoche. Not Schenectady. Synecdoche. <laughs> I'm back to my old ways of not being able to pronounce it. Synecdoche. I recognize this guy. Jimmy Gator. Was Ricky Ricky Jay was also then in? He's been, he's been a couple of PT stuff. He's in Boogie Nights, right? Yeah, no, he's in Boogie Nights. He's in this, and then he. But what was he? I feel like. Oh, I, for, I didn't remember he was in this. What's yeah, uh, Agent Coulson. 
Uh, and he's in a... In a... <laughs> Well, we're, we're really great podcasting today. He's in yeah. that one. Yeah, that one. No, uh, uh, Maine. State in Maine. State in Maine. What's his name? I don't know. Sorry. Oh, in real life? Yeah, in real oh, life. Clark Wright. Uh, Clark, Clark, Clark Wright. Yeah. Clark Wright. The New Adventures of Old Christine. He's a, in that. A film that you really enjoyed, at least when it came out, 500 Days of Summer. I did enjoy that when it came out. Oh, I think it's a little bit... That's like the last movie of a certain generation of complaining men that was acceptable. <laughs> I still, I think it gets shit on way too much now, though. I'll say that much. It's because the, guy the did, career of the director. Yes, yes. He ended up yeah, doing bad Spider-Man movies. Um, okay, so what was he looking up? Oh, Julie. No. No. Amy Ryan. Yeah. Incredible kids. Yeah, just the way that this is edited and how they're you know continue one scene's audio but then cutting to just little like catching up with where our other stories are at and sometimes it hits harder in the sense of you know showing that the quiz show and then cutting to william h macy but then it's just uh it plays very it's not a suspenseful movie but it definitely it lingers and plays like a kind of Suspenseful. So the Amy Ryan Philip Seymour Hoffman movie that we both forgot was before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Oh yeah. You know she was in recently a movie I when she wasn't in recently a movie I recently rewatched. Um, Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone. And she plays like the dirtbag mom. Haven't seen that in a while. Is that what she was nominated for? Or no, Michael Clayton. I think was she in yeah. Michael Clayton? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm getting all good. Similar era. Yeah. But yeah, Gone Baby Gone, that's a rough movie. Talk that's a bumpy road. It's a bumpy huh? road. It's something, yeah, maybe like, I mean, Bill Burr is Boston. He said Bumpy Road, then Boston movies, Bumpy Road City. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's very few. What's the most positive Boston movie you've seen? Goodwill Hunting? But that's the, that's that's a bumpy, bumpy road. road yeah. yeah. Fever uh, Pitch, I guess. Yeah. I know that, like, being a Red Sox fan at the time is Bumpy Road, but they win the World Series, so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Boston. Yeah, Boston. I think. Movies. Your yeah. cousin from Boston. Dang. I love those ads. <laughs> Phil Parma right here. Um, yeah, Boston, Boston movies that are... Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Every Boston movie is a bumpy road that I can think of. Well, there's Hoffman was in a Boston movie. Next, Next Stop Wonderland. Yeah. But, like, I hardly remember that movie. <laughs> but, like, none of the characters in the movie are like, you want to get a crawler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is I actually like this for Hoffman's perspective. This is one of my favorite Hoffman scenes. Yeah. So let's watch it because I mean I know we're cutting between so many things, but he looks up Tom Cruise, his character. It's like one eight hundred tame her. He's trying to get in contact with him. You can't mix Mexican and continental. He's got that little fucker. Oh, that's his kid. Oh, okay. This, this is like, to me, one of the two or three iconic Phil Parma scenes. Yeah. Phone acting's not easy. I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise isn't on the other side of that phone call. Oh, he was. (laughs) Um, And there's also, this is a great, like, Regular, like he's not. He's, he's obviously act, here. 
He's obviously acting, mm-hmm. obviously. But, you know, as far as... It's not like, uh, okay, I was about to say, like, voice. It's not like he, do, you know, has done too many characters that have, like, different voices. What about, what's the McCloudy, clay, claymation one? Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> Mary Max. Mary and Max. That's yeah. What, talk about a bumpy road movie. I don't know if Phil saw that one, but, like... <laughs> I hope he doesn't, like, watch it with his kids. Yet. <laughs> I think we know better if he recognizes Phil Zerhoff as it a easy bumpy one, road. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like he get he gets to be he's just like an average Joe in this movie. But like not like then also like an average Joe like how he is in uh um uh, God's pocket. <laughs> yeah, no, not that like, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the pocket. When you're from the pocket. Or the average Joe from that other Philly movie. Oh, the uh Money with, for with, Nothing. Yeah, money for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> is she supposed to be like an Oprah? Or is this supposed to be more like a 2020? You know what I mean? Like what? I think more, yeah, like closer to like, a, um, yeah, 2020 or. Like it's not a daytime talk show. It's more like a. having sex? <laughs> I don't remember. Do you want them to? I mean, she definitely, yeah, she brings up, well, what about your phone? Yeah. But like. He's trying to get in contact. He didn't pass away though. No. I've seen him in the film. <laughs> I keep trying to think of, like, what's the best time to take a bathroom break? But it's hard to know, like, when... Let's go to the bathroom. No, but I don't want to miss a Phil Parma scene. Well, it's just so... Yeah, but it's... I mean... I mean, it's really... I mean, once Tom Cruise, like, gets to the house, that's, like, more so Phil Parma. True, true. But I like when he's on the phone. You know, I like his phone moments. Deflecting. I love it. <laughs> Our friend Mike, when he has longer hair, because I know a lot of people, I say he looks more like Rob Lowe as far as a celebrity, but people say Tom Cruise. But like, that, this, this guy's been in things, right? I don't recognize him. A recognizable face. All right. Kyle, you're on your own for the next minute and 30 seconds or whatever. Wow, it's a long piss. I gotta wash my hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta sing happy birthday. <laughs> I'm. Bl- I know we're definitely. No, well, collect the collective we, the Queen's we. Um, you know, obviously we're not talking every scene specifically. Um, we're going on our lovely tangents, but I'm blanking on Julianne Moore's character arc. You know, so she's Jason uh, Robard's wife. She's at a pharmacy. So does she have a a pill addiction? Is that okay? Strong, strong stuff now. Yeah. She is just an actress that can just flip it when she wants to, and just she has to be. I mean is like in my top five favorite uh actresses and then just i mean broad stroke you know just under acting all actors um i mean then i i i most likely in my top 10 she's just like i said before just the career that she's had and like you know didn't really have any like 
didn't need to ever have like a comeback of any kind. It's just very impressive. I'm just saying as Brian walks back over, if you couldn't hear me from the bathroom, how Julianne Moore is definitely one of my top five favorite actresses. Wow. And, then, and then in like, if then overarching actors, you know, men and women alike, uh, I would say probably in my probably number thirty at that point because you don't because mostly men before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I would, I would then say like definitely top fifteen. I said top ten, but like I mean, there's just so many. I mean, yeah, I don't like ranking, and then once you do, it's like living. Are we talking about active? Are we talking about no? Of course, yeah. No, that, that's tough. But it's just I, I I just say top five in the sense more of like I'm looking at like how often she's on my mind, how much stuff I'm watching of hers. Oh, this this is the this is the conversation I actually was talking about. Yeah. Dying, you know what I mean? Like, this was always an impactful scene to me. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's a hell of a disease. Yeah, this is definitely, like, the clip, like, we played on the initial episode run. But think about, like, he's so, like, much more hopeful than his other Hoffman characters that he plays. Yeah, but he's, this is the scene. Yeah. I just, oh, God, he's just, uh, the way, he's just so emphatic, Mm -hmm. you know? And this is such a, again, for as much of a everyday guy, average Joe kind of role, isn't you know, you know, I don't know, just a guy in his career, a good guy, not necessarily. It's not like his problem. Again, as a caretaker, obviously, it's very tough to see someone as sick as you know as his. You but know, you gotta have thick skin is. in that role. Yeah, you have thick skin in this role. But he's just he wants to kind of bring some peace, maybe some closure for his patient, and um, so then just the way he gets the way he talks and just i mean we always talk about it but just with the hands and just yeah face and just how i mean in that phone conversation and you definitely you have to do that also on a phone conversation seeing the movie when they're not showing the other side of the phone so it's just like uh as far as uh do you have any actor that's gonna have uh great phone scenes i think uh Wonder that would that would be interesting. I mean, there's definitely a famous one in uh, Happiness. Uh, he's on the phone a lot. He's on the phone in Almost Famous a lot. He's on the phone in the next film uh, that P.T. Anderson does with him, Pump Trunk Love. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, 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 yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I was going really dark, and I'm just like, wait, P.T. Anderson's next film. I'm like, is it like, like not the next film he does with him? I was oh, thinking, like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was, no I mean, Pump Trunk like, Love. Yeah, he's yeah. mostly on the phone. Yeah, yeah. So, that's something that we never, uh, uh, if we yeah. ever discussed or like brought up. Well, if we have a uh, bingo season, yeah, uh, we should add that. I'm going to put that on bingo okay. yeah. phone. He's on the phone. Yeah. yeah. You say phone like Philadelphia phone. Phone. Is he? I don't recall him being. You would think. I mean, obviously, and when we say phone, I mean like a significant phone. Like, Mo, you know, significant scene on a phone. You would think that there would be one in Charlie Wilson's War. I don't remember one. Because it's not all a his cell interactions. Phone era, so you know what I mean. I know, but he's but like you know like who do they call in that movie? No real scenes of it. You know what I mean. Well, no. What's his no? But Tom Hanks is on the phone a lot with Julia Roberts. They have a phone relationship 
in some of it. True, that is true. So. What do kids know? Were you ever, did you, did you watch a lot of game shows growing up or? Not really, no. Yeah. Yeah, we were never, my parents definitely like, like more now, like I remember like once like I was done with college and was like, you know, living back home, like they'd have Jeopardy on more often. That wasn't like something that was on when we were younger. Yeah, I didn't really watch a lot of game shows growing up. I would watch, uh, if I was like homesick, I would watch like Price is Right. I was catching that a lot during uh Prices Right, Supermarket Sweep, <laughs> a knockoff. Uh, and I feel like there was another one that I definitely watched a lot, but it's not not coming to mind. I like iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Are they in love? <laughs> no. They're not in love? No, he's like called there for... Yeah, but he's kind of in turn now. Well, well I mean... <laughs> and what is this lady's name again? Melora Walters? Oh, yeah. At least right. her name. Because I also want to say like Melora Hardin, who is um, Jan Levinson on The Office. Because I don't know too many Meloras. Oh, I never knew that actress's name. Yeah, well, she's, she, I mean, so she's in Boogie Nights. She's yes. Buck, Buck, Bucky? Is that what Don Cheadle's name is? I think, I thought, Bucks. I thought it was Buck, but yeah, it could Bucky. be Bucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Ends up being his. Uh... She feels so different than Boogie Nights. Yeah. Boogie Nights, she's like, kind of like. Happy-go-lucky and mm-hmm. making those paintings and everything like that. Like she doesn't go like Don Cheadle has like I mean that moment in the um, oh that's a food scene I've never covered. What are the two food scenes we mentioned? Okay, another thing for smoking, but there's one I might have been off air that I'm like have you covered the food scene? Shit. Oh man, it was a really big one. Ugh. Oh well, it'll come back to me. Damn it. It was like a big ending food scene. Big ending food scene? I feel like it. Maybe maybe not. It's hard to think of other movies when you're watching a movie, you're talking about movies, <laughs> you know. Talk about other podcasts. I forget what, you know, it's so much going on in the movie and us having our conversation i forget what why he was called there was it a noise thing or was it did someone did she did like i almost feel like she made a call well he already was there so maybe it's like a follow-up no i think it's still the same visit oh okay all this is happening i think in a day (laughs) which is something that like 
I definitely forgot about and it just, you know, since it's a long movie and just so many scenes you kind of don't think about. I love it. you can't really hear by us being quiet for a minute, just like the background and the da dun dun dun. I wish I was like the, it's uh, from Carmen, I think. The yeah, opera. But the, yeah, because Jimmy Gator's like questioning him on operas right now. So that's just that's a. I mean, I said it before, like the audio from one scene, just like still kind of playing. But that's a great uh, just editing tool and store and storytelling tool. It's interesting, right? Like. If he's if we're what we're supposed to believe that he didn't really have like a script, this is all in his head, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Three hours in your head. I mean, he had to have some kind of outline, though. I'm sure, but like, okay, so like I said, we've been talking a lot of Gus Van Sant on my podcast. One movie he went into with 33 pages of a script. Another movie he went into without a script. Like some of these auteurs just have it in their head. But then what do they do for the actors? For So, like, those specific ones, it's more like... Like, the one that's talking about, like, Gus Van Sant. He's getting amateur actors, and he's like... So things we would do in high school, like, okay, you two are in the kitchen. What would you say in this instance if you know this? Really? So, th- I mean, but no, this... No, no, no. This, okay. I don't know if this is like that. Okay. I doubt that. I'm thinking he's probably, like, probably writing on set. Yeah, I mean, like, Gu- Gus you Van, should say this, Gus you should Van say Sant that. is much more, like, art house than PTM. For sure. But I know a lot of directors who have this kind of power will say that, like, mm-hmm. all right, say this line, say this instead, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, with this movie, I just, I don't, I, I mean, imagine it being nearly as uh, improvised. Oh, God, drops the pills and dogs. The dog ate the pills. Yes, (laughs) that did happen. Could you ever be a caretaker like this? Do you think you had any? No. No. I mean, he's practically, that's like a... um... You know what? You, You get frustrated too easy. Yeah. I mean... No, I don't have the patience for it. Patience for patience. Sorry, I'm looking up the trivia. I said after an hour in, I would do that. So we're only oh god. No, we're more than an hour in. We're an hour twenty oh, minutes in, something like that. <laughs> it's not a bad movie. No, 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 no. It's just yeah. It's a slog. You said you admit it. You said it on here already. Like we recorded uh, something before this. So yeah, but it's not even that. Even if we just did this cold turkey, it's just the, you know when you and I are sitting down in our own homes watching a movie, we're not talking for three hours through it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So the dad there in bed was supposed to be played by Patton himself, George C. Scott. When P.T. Anderson gave him the script, he said, this is the worst fucking script I've ever read. The language is terrible. I guess because it was like, yeah, not like a settled script. Hmm. Who's Claudia? I would give me like a bit like. Which is that Claudia was the first character created and the script was built around her. Maybe Melora Walters? I guess, right? 
Jason Robard's last film. We knew that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know this. This is going to be a thank you for smoking tie-in. P.T. Anderson wrote the bulk of the script during a two weeks that he spent at William H. Macy's Vermont cabin. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know he was from Vermont or had a Vermont cabin. Thank you for smoking. He's a senator from Vermont. I remember he's wearing, isn't he wearing like Crocs? Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. <laughs> Paul Thomas. Oh, Anderson. that was the scene. No, wait, no, we said that already. What? The great state of Vermont. Well, yes, yes, but that, that yeah, that was the one we like remembered. It. There was one that I was like, "Have you done this?" You're like, "I don't think so." Okay. P.T. Anderson asked Tom Cruise to be in this movie on the set of Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. Yeah, boy, Eyes Wide Shut. Just like I'm thinking, you know, again the. This era of those films, and then I mean, but Jerry Maguire before that, like a few good men, just like that whole. For sure. So this answers one of your questions. When New Line Cinema found out that Tom Cruise was interested, they pushed um, Paul Thomas Anderson to essentially make him the star of the movie. But he said, "No, we're doing it as an ensemble piece. That's that's what we're doing." Okay. Paul Thomas Anderson, when it was released, said that Magnolia was the best movie he'd, he'd ever make. I feel like so many directors say that about true, you know, true, like I mean, true. I, Tarantino feels that way. I think about every single movie once, like when he then makes it. Like, oh, cool little marketing thing. When the movie came out, if you called that Tom Cruise number, it would actually be him, like pitching. Tom Cruise would answer. Yeah, <laughs> let's call it now. One eight seven seven Tame Her. You gonna do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One eight seven seven. Tame her. Tame her. So. It's for guys. Guys, press one now. One. Ladies, okay. press two now. Oh, it hung up on me when I pressed one. I guess a sex line bought it. After the movie. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, all right. So, interesting fact here. Exodus 8-2, which I think refers to the frog thing. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking. It's Apparently there's over 100 allusions to it throughout the film. Interesting. I'm not... Uh... Knowledgeable in the scripture. <laughs> John C. Riley was tired of playing heavies, quote unquote. So he asked P.T. Anderson to write him a role where he falls in love with a girl. Wasn't a heavy in Boogie Nights? Yeah, like that's why I said that, quote unquote. He originally wrote it as a short. He originally wrote it as a short and intimate film about just that one character. And he wanted it to be like a small thing. And clearly it blew up from that. Yeah, I mean, that character, I mean, different, but it just like kind of sounds similar to then like... That makes sense that that's the film he was originally writing because then I feel like he's slightly... It's similar to that Punch Drunk Love, you know? Ooh, this is interesting. Mark Maron. When he was on in 2015 with Mark Maron, I think you have to pay for those, right? Yeah. 
Still, you have to, yeah, you have to be subscribed to Stitcher, I want to say. Marion asked if he would recut the film if he could today, and he said, I'd slice, this is what P.T. Anderson said in reply, I'd slice that thing down. It's way too fucking long. It's unmerciful how long it is. Well, thank you for admitting it, P.T. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, he added, maybe a few trajectories in the film and plot lines could have been eliminated in total. Wow. I would love to know which ones he thought. Because he was like cocky, young, thinking like, you know, everything's important here. But now he probably watches and it's like, I can make this tighter. And it would actually be a film that translates longer. Which ones would I think? I mean, it sounds like the, you know, the Melora Walters, John C. Riley story was important to him. Important to him. And then obviously the Tom Cruise one. Um, the game show is important, but because like it, I don't know, it's hard to say because there's. So I would many, say probably yeah, but maybe William H Macy's. Yeah, definitely on the cutting room floor there. How about uh, because you need Johnny Gator or whatever, like because he's the dad of Malar Walters, but you don't need like the the tangent of like. But you could just have a. Uh, you need to go into his whole thing that he's dying. Or Jimmy Gator. Uh, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. don't need to. You could just have him as like a host of the show, and like yeah. you know. Yeah. So then the kid that's on the show and that whole story beat, and then which ones are uh, maybe, maybe even Julianne Moore's is you know cut a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, this is interesting. Look at look at the look that Tom Cruise is giving. <sighs> So this is an interesting fact. The trailer was shot specifically for the movie. Like, it didn't take clips for the movie. The trailer, like, they shot... Oh, wow, specific. that's like... I feel like... That's crazy, right? That's different, but, like, you know, people... Uh, directors get criticized now, like, especially in um, superhero movies or something like that. They're showing... There's, like, different parts that, um, you know... Uh, like, that's not in the movie. That, yeah. Or, like, it wasn't in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. The scuba diver being dropped from an airplane is not true. Urban legend. Yeah, it's an urban legend thing. Yeah. P.T. Anderson cut the trailer himself after shooting those scenes. And he, he created all the artwork and posters for the film. Wow. Control freak. <laughs> At least Guzman is credited as, as himself. <laughs> So one thing that was important in the early ideas of the script that doesn't really translate in the film is that everything, not only is it happening in this like couple day span, but we only see it later that everything's happening in apparently a 10 block radius. Mm, okay. Which I think the like the frog thing later, like, kind yeah, of, kind you know, like of, that yeah. makes sense then, but that's interesting. Oh, is she making sure that when he dies, like, she's getting the money versus, like, mm-hmm. you know, what? Yeah. <laughs> there were walkouts when this first came into the theater. People just did not like the runtime. and just were leaving. This is a pretentious yeah. movie. This is a pretentious movie. You can't say it's not. You have to yeah. be a real fan of these people. Like, like my mom's probably not going to enjoy this movie. No. No. 
Yeah, like, I mean, obviously people are not going to particularly, like, I mean, there's going to be walkouts from, like, Boogie Nights because of what the story's about the porn industry. No, not, like, this one's more like, where's this going? What's happening? Oh, cool IMDb trivia fact here. The word fuck. How many times do you think it was said in this movie? Three hours long, so. Mm, I mean... One of those it's not like, like it's not Scarface, yeah. Either, which know? that's like high hundreds. Like I'm sorry, like one one hundred something is when I say high hundreds. Uh, uh, Ninety, a hundred and sorry, my screen went black. A hundred and ninety times. So you were a hundred oh. off. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I forgot that scene that William H Macy just goes fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, good call. It was it filming lasted ninety days. That's not that bad. No, for yeah, for a three hour movie. I'm curious if like he shot all the like one the one story, the next story, like if that's how it worked. Ooh, how about this? Every living room in the entire movie has a flower on the wall. All right. We'll look out for that one. Huh. This is so weird. You want to talk about a weird fact here? For this movie, when it was award season, you know how, like, we know how it works. Like, the studios have to campaign and spend money for people to get nominated. Mm-hmm. Everyone was nominated, or everyone, sorry, was campaigned for a nomination for a supporting role, except who? Which character do they put up for best actor role? Or actress? Which actor did they? Yeah, so they, they, everyone else, you know, I'm not saying officially nominated, but the studio pays money to put up ads to show, like, this person should be nominated. So, almost everyone they put for a supporting actor. It was one person they put for best actor. Oh, oh. Wasn't it Robards? No. Oh. That would make sense, because he's dying you know or he died well none of them i, th- I mean so I well mean, this one that's why i wanted to say this boggles my mind william h macy john c Riley. oh i was like is that a joke were they doing it like as a joke <laughs> isn't that crazy yeah the fact that yeah i mean is there like oh so many i wonder if like you can like you know, uh, uh no because these, r- these are just r- ads you know you oh, just yeah. put up ads so You mentioned this to me, I believe, that P.T. Anderson, like, one of his jobs before getting into movies was working on game shows and stuff, and he was on kids' game shows when he was young. Because, well, his, I mean, it wasn't his, his dad was like, or was it a dad's friend that was like a magician? And like, I I think that's how he kind of also then knows. um, Interesting. Yeah. Because he's, that's the Goulardi. Remember, he did like his dad had that show. Oh yes, yes, so, yes. That's why his production company was like yes. Oh, he's pissing himself. In there, right? (laughs) 
Stanley the man. Every Stan is called the man at least once <laughs> in their life. Um, do you think he's a good game show host? I mean, Philip Baker Hall does, like, have that great kind of, like, cadence to him, so I don't know necessarily with, like, kids. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. But, I mean, he was young at one point in the in his career in this, you know, movie, but, um... He comes across with his, with his cadence, his delivery, and then, like, seems like a, uh, you know, like educated and like no you know knows uh knows his facts knows his trivia yeah he seems like an authority yeah you know an authority on those things clark greg in a baseball cap (laughs) that's the big takeaway from this one Apparently this was shot, like, right where Boogie Nights was shot as well. Like, exteriors. It's like the valley, right? Yeah, Reseda. Yeah, that's, uh, which I think is where his next film is taking place, too. I mean, which is also where I think, like, Punch Drunk Club was. Yeah, that's where he likes to shoot. I mean, that's where he grew up. Phantom Thread. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, technically, there will be blood. The California oil fields? No, it was Texas. No, it's California. That's what everyone thinks it's Texas, but... They filmed in Texas. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying where it takes place, though. Oh, okay, but they... but I'm saying, like, like all the... Yeah, but we're saying where he, like... I thought you... Okay, I thought you had moved on to where... Like, because he grew up there, this is where his films take place. No, no, I'm saying, like, where California, he actually, like, you know? like, yeah, where so he grew up, yeah. Most of his films are California, I'm saying, take place, because yeah. that's California. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a California... What doesn't take place in California? I mean, the master. They're briefly. They're in San Francisco. For yeah, a, yeah. I'm not going to call that a California film. No. So. Also, it's Northern California versus yeah. specifically. We're saying like the Valley. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hard Eight is a Vegas or Reno, Hard Eight, Reno Vegas. Reno Vegas. So not Hard Eight. Not that. Obviously not. So uh, yeah, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Phantom Punch Thread. Drunk Love. Uh, oh, sorry. Vice. We're doing Inherent. I think that's like a fictional California. It's definitely town. Southern California. Yeah, fictional Southern yeah. California town. I feel like is that more like San Diego though? Yeah, but still, we're just no, saying, yeah, yeah. Southern California. Yeah, so. So I'm saying, what's not? Phantom Thread? The Master, There oh. Will Be Blood. Yeah, but There Will Be Blood oh, again. It's, like, okay. it's technically like a, a California pre-that. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. But yeah, I, I was even saying even more so that like filming in like practically the same neighborhood for three solid movies. For sure. But I guess I was saying, yeah. you know, like his... uh he has an obsession, certainly. Like, where is Scorsese? Yes, he shoots things. He freaking had the Japan film or whatever, but, like, everyone sees him as a New York filmmaker. P.T. Ames is very much a California was, filmmaker. Didn't he have his, like, kind of Boston run with uh, Departed and then, uh, what's the, uh, uh... Oh, for sure. I mean, look, he's shot everywhere because he's Martin Scorsese, but, like, deep down, New York filmmaker. Shutter Island. Shutter Island, yeah. I think Jake Lamotta's from that area. Right? Not a New York movie. 
Raging Bull? Yeah, is it a New York movie? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was from... What am I thinking of? I oh, you know what I'm fucking thinking of? That stupid ass... Wasn't he the Bronx Bull? Wasn't it? It was like... I, I'm thinking, I thought it was the... Let me see. And I'll tell you what I think I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Cinderella of that stupid... Man. <laughs> yeah, Cinderella Man. That's what I was thinking of. And then the fighter. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> The use of uh, color in this film is also like, you know, just the way that they have... She just has like the sheet up as her curtain. Apologies if you hear anything outside. There's a a gentleman that comes and uh, like sweeps and stuff outside of the apartments. We're sitting at a table by the front window. So imagine if the story was just them. How interesting, or like, or weird. Like definitely uh, much shorter film. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it would be. Yeah, it makes sense that if he wanted to tell a story like that originally, it makes sense that Punch Drunk Love is his next movie. True. True. They're not. Neither of them are the same character. They're no. both like he's lonely. She's like got that. Like they're both him in that film. They're both uh, the, uh, why am I blanking on Adam Sandler's character's name? Oh, I forgot his character. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they're, like, both kind of like him. Neither of them are, you know, like, the, his love interest, per se. But then it is interesting that then you have, like, a, not that there's, you have, like, the sex phone line, you know, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And you just called one. Yeah. It's not the it's not the same as obviously Tom Cruise's like character, but just that uh similar in terms of just like that sex in your face. Yeah. Sex in the face. The mattress man. I didn't even think about that. He's the mattress man and then just like then but like it's like but then sex. Oh yeah, I wasn't thinking about that either. either. Yeah. Maybe we're idiots. (laughs) I think that was a haiku. Has John C. Riley, P.T. Anderson, what movies are they technically, have they done together? John C. Riley and P.T. Anderson? Yeah, just these? Hardy, Boogie Nights. Oh, Hardy. Yeah. I'm missing Hardy. I wonder why they haven't collaborated since. I don't know. I could see him in Inherent Vice. I could see him in There Will Be Blood. That's true, too, yeah. Be, I mean, as far as a character piece Honestly, in Gangs of New York. Like, every every P.T. Anderson movie. I wonder if they had a falling out. I hope not. Maybe I he just got busy because John C. Riley started doing other I stuff. I mean, that maybe he saw him in... Uh, New England Fisherman's Movie, Perfect Storm. Oh, Perfect Storm. <laughs> he saw it in Perfect Storm and went, yeah, you got it, John. One of my brother's favorite movies. Well, my brother loves George Clooney. George Clooney doing a Boston accent. <laughs> New England accent. And the big dumb ducks. <laughs> I saw that movie at the Palisades Mall. That's a that's a prime we're in our childhood rental movie. You know, you go to Blockbuster, there's like 10 of them on the wall. Two of the earliest films I saw at Perfect Storm. Uh, at Palisades Mall with a big theater because that was like the biggest theater by us like you know when it opened up Um, and it's like I saw two depressing like aquatic type movies I saw that and I saw U571 (laughs) (laughs) I I have to think back and see what the first movie I saw at the Palisades Mall was is is that before Godzilla because I definitely saw Godzilla there you know, like I the Hank Azaria at that point. Oh, I definitely saw Godzilla. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that might have been the first one I saw. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I remember going to it kind of, the first thing I did at the Palisades Mall it was like, and it was like such a tease. We didn't even like go and walk around. We went to the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> it was a really rainy night. The lot, parking lot was packed, and my dad was getting so angry. <laughs> so angry. Like, why is this? You know, like because it was pouring, and just like, oh god, what a what a what a shitty night out. I'm thinking from like a parent perspective. <laughs> I don't remember my neither my. I feel like it's like my mom suggested it. I don't remember. Well, everyone wants to see them all, right? We're so over that. No, but again, we didn't like go like we like we just went to the restaurant. Yeah, but it's it's a kids thing. No, I know, but I'm just saying like it wasn't something like uh, you know me. I don't remember. You know, I mean, how the fuck would have I found out that there's a place called Rainforest? You know, back in the '90s, (laughs) a mall opening up. I'm not reading the newspaper. Like. I guess so, maybe so check out this. Mouth. That mall opened up in March, and the theater opened up in March with it. Godzilla came out in May. Wow! So, so, you, so yeah, de- no, that's, that was definitely that's the first film I saw. Fresh. I saw in the, I saw that in I want to say Cloister. Cloister was my I mean near, near closest to where I grew up, and then like Cloister and Westwood and Emerson were always the three biggies. For and Washington Township, for me, it was more Emerson and Washington Township. For whatever reason, even though like I live in Riverdale before, like yeah, guys, really riveting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> even though I live in Riverdale, we don't go to Westwood a lot. I think my mom was afraid of like potentially having to parallel park. I know there's that there's lot right there. there. I know, yeah. but like you know, like little things. Yeah, um, we went to. I mean, we go to Westwood a lot. I thought like Westwood was like. I don't know, for some reason there was something about it that like made me think it was like the best of It was a nice nice little theater there, still is. Um I I went to for whatever reason, Washington Township and Emerson, that was one of them. Emerson was the most Emerson quad. And then Washington Township was like a more special one. I felt like Washington Township didn't have as much stuff. I think I only had like two <laughs> two or three screens. Yeah. But I saw Toy Story there, Aladdin there, I saw a lot of like a yeah, close. Yeah, because when you could have a movie theater like in a plaza like that, like uh, yeah. Oh, it was bad, like I mean, and then Emerson, you had, you, and then you had Lucky Emerson Strike, Clark. yeah, right like next to it. So like, what, what a day! You go see a movie, you place, you know, you which I did a bunch of yeah. times with my family. The Emerson, uh, the Emerson Bowling Alley. Then go to Bergenfield a lot. I never. I've, I've been to Bergenfield. I saw like Armageddon once. there. I remember that <laughs> for some reason. I went to Bergenfield like once. These like little town movie theaters they were so special. Like but there were big movie theaters, but like. There was one in Paramus. Yeah, but that's like... Like by the Bergen Mall. Yeah. That was that was far. Far, yeah. But like, you know, I saw Power Rangers there. Um, th- that was like the biggest screened theater. I know when I used to go to the city, like visit my family, there was a lot of theaters in Queens that I went to um, yeah, that were bigger. Was... But like in terms of our area, those little community theaters, love those. Love those. Which none of Emerson closed... I don't know about Emerson what... closed even like before any of like Emerson closed yeah. a while ago. Yeah, but like, and then I saw uh, motorcycle diaries oh, Cl- in Emerson. Close... I saw sideways in Emerson. Closers like changed. I think they're maybe like a but that chain changed. And... Like yeah, well they became then like a bow tie. They were bought by that. But even no, but they weren't. It's it's the same. Co- it's Cablevision owns it. Yeah, this is just another marketing thing for them. But this is I think they're a place that has like food now. I think yes, like because they're doing but they're doing that all with their theaters. Yeah. They're like not having the bow tie anymore. Because they no, I'm just saying, like, compete. Westwood is still Westwood. Westwood, because that's, like, an independent one. Yeah. The Pascac uh, Theater, right? Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know this, but then, like, I remember, like, my dad telling me, because, like, you know, it has, like, the, I think, two theaters upstairs? Mm-hmm. And, like, how that used to be all just one big theater. Yeah. And broke it off. Because technically crazy. a balcony, because you could tell. Yeah. There's, like, a big space between them. Yeah. yeah. It looked like I know big. none of you care. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those old-time... 
you know, community theaters. That's where you used to watch the movies. And, you know, what did you get to eat? Popcorn. Maybe candy. It wasn't yeah. like... And again, I love... Well, I haven't been in over a year. But I love going to, like, an Alamo and getting, like, a craft beer and some food to munch on. But that wasn't the expectation back then. It was just like, go to the movies. Yeah. Watch Aladdin. Yeah, I'll, get I'm some gonna, popcorn. I'm going to go see a movie at Westwood Theater sometime soon. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon alone. I love going to matinees. And doing the Pee Wee Herman. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, uh... I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I was thinking about when you and I saw Carnage, obscure <laughs> movie in the Palisades theater. Mall. Yeah. Palisades Mall. It was only uh, us two and two girls in the theater. And, and they brought a bottle of wine. Like, and we were just too like, we want to watch this movie versus talk to them. <laughs> but in hindsight, I'm like, wow, if they're coming to watch this movie, that's like, they must have a film acumen. Yeah. yeah. Who was that director? That's Polanski. That's Polanski? Okay. <laughs> I thought so. So there are women that also aren't like as offended by things. <laughs> Not that you shouldn't be, because I was, you... <laughs> like I, I, I was gonna say that I'm like, wait, that's, this feels too new to be Roman Polanski. Like, oh yeah, that's a. I think he did another film recently that like he like did well abroad, and people were walking out of when he like he won some international award. Yeah. You like Christoph Waltz, big Christoph Waltz guy. Avocado. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Christoph it? Waltz. Christoph Waltz. What? We have an actor in this. Who's in that? No? In Carnage. Oh, in Carnage. Yeah, John C. Ruff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, I. I and then I, who are the who are the Judy Foster and Kate Winslet? Kate Winslet. That's the one I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's a very you know who's afraid of Virginia Woolf kind of movie. And again, that um, I always forget the name of the Bunuel one that they can't like leave. Yeah, I just know it as that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably like in French, like dinner party or something. <laughs> you have to cover that on foodie films. Yeah, is that there's, a, there's a bu- there's a bunch of movies like that. that the French do more food movies than the Americans. I feel like that's a French culinary. Because so. they eat dinner later, and it becomes like a whole. <laughs> Don't worry, we only have one more hour left of the film. PT, why did you have to be so arrogant? Just cut it down, like. I like this movie. I can't remember most that happens in the movie because it's just too long. Yeah. All right. We got Phil back. Little 7-Eleven cup in the background. And even, I will use the word again, opus. Like, the way the music is used in this movie, it, like, has a orchestral opus type vibe yeah for sure yeah there's just also oh that's uh Robert Downey Sr oh wow He's in Boogie Nights. Yes, I forgot about that. They look similar. Um, he uh, that's interesting in both. So in this movie, he's like working in the uh, you know, uh, what room would that be called? You know, the tech room. The you know for the, for the show and um, in Boogie Nights, he is working. He's like at the music studio. 
Mm, you're right. So you're it's, right. it's interesting that he like has him as like a these quick characters that are working as far as the yeah uh, similar yeah. What a power move! And just like in the shot too, like how this is uh, with Tom Cruise standing up and not seeing his face. It's so weird to think about that there's an hour left of this film because I always saw this as like the crescendo to the ending. Long ass fucking crescendo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. And the, we're just sitting in certain turmoil for so long. Like this this kid has already pissed his pants like <laughs> You're right. Twenty five minutes ago and we're still, no pun intended, like sitting in it. It's just so much. Again, it's a good movie, but it's just so much. I'd even argue it's kind of a waste of resources, this movie. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Like, you're going to do put all this together for like this little indie art film? I don't know. I'm assuming the reviews are really good, right? Let me um. see. I feel, you know, if any of them are bad, they're kind of, like, in the negative things that we're saying as far as just, like, length and indulgent, maybe. Like, that kind of, like, level of stuff. 83 Rotten Tomatoes, which is that's really good, bad. but it's not, like, that's, you know, but that's, It's one of his lower review what's films. What's in, in, what, in, in uh, 89 Audience, which is higher. Wow, higher than... Okay. I, I really wouldn't have thought that. Oh, this is a good game. I'm going to have you guess the Rotten Tomatoes for P.T. Anderson. <laughs> okay. Okay, Hard Eight. First critic, Hard Eight. Um, 72. 80. No. Audience, Hard Eight. 75. 83. Oh. You're underestimating today. <laughs> Boogie Nights. Critics. Uh, 88. 93. Wow. Audience. I'm going to stick with 88. 89. So close. Okay. Closer. My closest. Magnolia, I already said. Yeah. Punch Drunk Love. Now, we know this wasn't a big hit, but. Critics. I'll put it this way. He's never had a rotten movie. What's rotten? Like four, uh, 60 or lower. Okay. Um, Punch Drunk Love, 85. 79 critics. How about audience? Ooh, that's gonna, I feel like. 74. 77. Okay. Okay. There will be blood. Oh, that's gonna be like. Critic audience. 93. 91 critics. Mm-hmm. Audience. Like over. Audience. I'm gonna go, I'll stick with 91. 86. Uh, the Master. Uh, Critics. 
Audience. Eighty. This is his one of his lower audience scores. By the way, when I said that about Rotten, he does have a Rotten audience score on here, but he doesn't have a Rotten critic score. Sixty-one by the audience. Wow. Inherent so, Vice. Correct before in saying most polarizing film. Inherent Vice. Critics first. Seventy-three. Ooh, right on the money. Seventy-three critics. Wow. <laughs> audience. <laughs> 69. 52. Wow! Technically a rotten score. Yeah. And Phantom Thread. Sorry. Just got a text. Uh, yes, Phantom Thread. Obviously, we'll leave it at that. Um, 82. 91 by the critics. Wow. Audience. 82. 71. Wow. It's a pretty polarizing okay. film. So I only got one specific number right. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kill herself. <laughs> Think of this like movie. Coming out. Like, oh, ca- yeah, casually. Oh, she's killing herself. That's this movie. Has a big, uh, I remember those uh, big leather bracelet slash watches kind of thing. That was the style. <laughs> you you still wear that style? I've never yes. owned a bracelet like that. Or a watch <laughs> Have you owned a bracelet? And those like Buddha beads. <laughs> You know where the Live Strong band? I, uh, yeah. <laughs> so what is he waiting for? Who? Tom Cruise? Like, I guess that's a bad way to put it. Like, what are his, what do you think is going through his mind? I mean, he had. He said before on camera that his dad is dead. Yeah. So he, he like, I mean, I don't know. He's just. I mean, I get it from her perspective, right? Like, I'm not the biggest fan of her character here, but I get it from her perspective in a sense. Like, this guy hasn't been in his life. He said his dad is dead. He shouldn't have meddled. He's just a caretaker. He's an employee. Well, it was a request by Earl. Yeah, but like you know. De- I'm, like, dying wish. I, look, you know I'm rooting for him, but I'm saying she has a point, too. It's, yeah, but just seeing her character, I think it's coming more from a place that she wants money. She doesn't want him coming in and getting any money. Money's nice. I, in, in, <laughs> in no death am I ever expecting to receive any financial uh, gain. Ugh. Yeah, true. When people die, that's when the snakes come out. Yeah. Again, I cannot believe there's an hour left of this film because, like, this is me. This is what I remember as the ending. Yeah. 
I mean, the frogs fall for 20 minutes, so. <laughs> That's 20 minutes, is it? No. Oh, I was like, I mean, would it shock me at this point? No. <laughs> Good for that kid. Like, you yeah. could say now, like, as an adult, like, oh, I had a, a you know. Shouting match with Luis Guzman. <laughs> and he would be right in saying Luis Guzman because he's also Luis yeah. Guzman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did he shoot the kid? Is that what happened? Sorry, sorry, guys. We're... <laughs> no, because but it's not it's not our <laughs> fault. This is a hard movie to sit down and watch for three hours, especially when you have to talk for the whole time. Oh, God, topical. Well, because the kid picked up his gun when he like fell on that, slipped on that hill in the rain. It's a, this movie is, the whole movie is, you know that point in Boogie Nights when everyone's having their darkest moment? That's like, yeah, like, yeah, Heather Graham in the, in the, in the limo. You're saying this whole movie, this whole movie's a bumpy road? It's it's just that whole movie is that, that, that connective scene, Don Cheadle in the donut (laughs) shop, uh, Mark Wahlberg giving a fucking hand job, uh, just all of that. Would you get a tattoo of Don Cheadle with uh, the braids? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you woke up with that after like a crazy bender, would you be that I disappointed? I want that shirt. Would I you be that a... disappointed? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of worse things that could be tattooed no, to but your body. Still, but there's just, no, that's just There's not, like hyper-realistic. Like, like, yeah, Don che- Like having, I don't know, like. It's like it'd a. It would be very weird for, like, me, just have a, I don't know, a black like, man tattooed ooh, on me. What are you trying to say? Come on. You know exactly what <laughs> oh my I'm God. saying in the sense of that, like, be like, what does that, what does that mean? Sal from Practical Jokers has Jaden Smith tattooed Yeah, that's on really, life. really fucked up. That's the most <laughs> fucked up thing from that show ever. He's <laughs> like, why'd you give me this? Everyone else got something that was related to them. It's like. <laughs> At least now, like, I mean, because now he's, like, more of, you know, like, a stand-up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. A bit. Well, I guess he had to be. I would get, I would, I would, I would get that removed if I was him. You you can't. Sorry, the show needs to be canceled to do that. Like, you can't undo a punishment. That's part of, like, the rules. That's the most, but that's the most, like, you know. I get it, but come on. That's why you wouldn't be on Impractical Jokers. That's one of the few things, like, I mean, yeah. No, I wouldn't be, because our friendship would end <laughs> if we were... If we... Oh, Sorry, she's, she's, your face. Yeah, she's apologizing to him. Death is a rough time in people's lives, that's what I've heard. This is, this is Maud meeting Brant. <laughs> they never met, right? I'm for China. No, it wasn't. They've been in all their other movies? Or no? Hunger Games, they met. They're not like, not like, they're in the scenes together in Boogie Nights, but they don't like interact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so really like, they're frequent collaborators, but this is it in terms of like, there's not big a big Hunger Games argument scene between them. No, they're like sitting around the table having discussions. Yeah. Like group discussions. Like this is like... <laughs> He hasn't been in focus, though. It's interesting. 
we haven't got the reaction shot. Yeah, hey, I mean, if you can, you want to, Julianne Moore is giving a terrific performance and you can just have the whole take, you know, and then that makes that, that reaction, like you're like, what's his reaction this whole time? And you get to see that face. It's worth it. Sometimes you forget how like freckled he was. <laughs> One of the big takeaways from this podcast. <laughs> so you didn't see his dad? Not yet. <laughs> his teeth are so perfect. <laughs> he yeah, like, just he you know I mean sex icon for a while I mean still I mean he's he's aged very very well um had a fake like you're nice and caring god um <laughs> but like it's how sometimes he just looks so like weaselly like rat faced <laughs> Tom Cruise if you're listening yeah Kyle's on the gauntlet and also, because like, isn't he like small in real life? Just like, how... uh, who knows? Right? There's like all these theories about his size. It didn't help that two of his longest relationships were with taller women. Mm-hmm. He's very good, though. He's like, it's not just he's not like one of these like Steven Seagal, right? He's like an action star. He's just like. Steven Seagal, right? Like, Tom Cruise is a good actor. Yeah. If you want to focus on making dramatic roles that would win Oscars, he probably could. He's he's one of those guys that just... I mean, he's very much... Um, it's not old Hollywood, but he just... He, he, he is a star. He's a movie star. He's Like, like yeah. George Clooney is a movie star. Yeah. Tom Cruise is a movie star. But Tom Cruise doesn't go for, like, like, like let me win an Oscar here. Like, rarely has he. Like, Clooney still will do that. Yeah, well, Clooney also became the filmmaker, so I feel True. like that's also kind of like lingered with that kind I of I mean, stuff. you can't say Tom Cruise isn't a filmmaker now with how much of a heavy hand he has on like Mission Impossible stuff. Okay, he's definitely so not, he's not like, a director. Yeah, yeah, director. Like, write and direct. Like, so this is his moment that fucking bullshit. You were like making the speech the other night. <clears throat> Do you subscribe to this, like, the theories that he... he no! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. You've done that. Oh, <laughs> This is such, like... Also then, like, a role... I mean, he definitely also takes roles that... I'm not going to say mimic his life, but then when he got into extreme moments in his life, like the craziness on the Oprah show and stuff like that, it was... It made it seem like, oh, he is just that because of also then the over-the-top characters he played. <laughs> well, he acts from within, definitely. You know what I mean? I think we see him react that way, and he acts like that in real life. Not acts. He reacts like that in real life, you know? He's a very natural actor in terms of he's himself. Not like, I'm not saying he has one note. He's just always running. <laughs> <laughs> Does he run in this film? I think so. I think we see a run at some point, no? I don't know. He doesn't run to here? I'm assuming, uh... Uh, well, you said it all takes a place in Temple. Well, that was the original shows? idea. Let's see. Okay. I love how Hoffman is right now with Brooklyn. Yeah.
Oh, is the guy still alive? Jesus Christ, okay. <laughs> First thing I saw Jason Robards in, Huck Finn. <laughs> Huckleberry Finn. Alright, I'm using the facilities, so. Take it away! Oh, you meant me. Sorry, I thought you meant someone else. <laughs> so, just want to talk to you guys about some serious things here. About life, death, magnolia. Magnolia, the official flower of Mississippi. I love doing this, like, solo stuff, because I could get into these, uh, the minutia of things, right? I think they put it on the new flag. I don't know. I'll have to double-check that. I know it was one of the designs that they... Had, uh, you know, had put on the ballot. This is so interesting. So what are you guys doing out there in a podcast land? The three of you who are listening to uh, two hours and change into the three-hour Magnolia episode. Woo! Woo! Oh. So this guy wasn't a good dude. We're learning that right here. He was not a good dude. But I wanted to be a man, and I didn't want her to be a woman. Hmm, maybe his son took some from this? Unconsciously? Interesting. Interesting. It's the same scene, Kyle, FYI. (laughs) Just letting you know. Because there's also, I mean, in in screen time, like so, like I wouldn't consider like, you know, this is just Robards right now. I know he's talking to Philip Seymour Hoffman, but it'd be interesting to do a breakdown of like dialogue and then breakdown of like just um, scenes that the characters in. But like, so like, you know, that would also be Philip Seymour Hoffman would be included technically with this. Because everyone has their moments like this, but then you have to think like definitely like Tom Cruise because his character is like you know professionally speaking. True. Who does it? Who clocks like? I know they're doing it for Marvel stuff because people are also very interested in the whole like I mean because of the uh, their salaries and everything like that. But when Avengers was such a big deal, obviously. Um, just, you know, getting all those, getting the actors together, connecting all those movies. So I know that they did it for that. And technically it was like, I think like Thor had the most screen time. Oh, really? Yeah. I would never have guessed that. I would never have guessed that. (laughs) I don't know why I'm looking up like the posters for Magnolia. Japanese posters are insane. If you ever want to see something (laughs) funny. Like, uh, look up whatever movie you think of, Japanese poster. 
It's so different. It's always so different. Look at the Magnolia Japanese poster. Not that it's bad, it's just different. You obviously know it's the a, regular it's a, Magnolia it's a cherry poster. Blossom? No. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, they're just the flower or whatever. Well, it's the flower with their faces in it. It looks like... Um, Japanese oh poster. What was that... Um, what was that What was that show that... Um, God, why am I forgetting his name? The guy that played Dexter. Who's that? My, mm, Six Feet Under? Yeah. It like, kind of reminds me of like that. Okay, I can see that. Like, it's like... Yeah. What other... Let's see, Boogie Nights Japanese poster. I'm pretty sure that's really good. Because you have so it's much like blurred out stuff. Because Japanese porn like blurs out. The... <laughs> Does it? I didn't know that. I mean, a lot like that. Yeah, they, it's it's weird. And they're also, I think they're, I think it's a uh, in that industry they're very like, or that culture in that industry like there's something to do with like Merkins a lot. I love Merkins. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know That's you know story. what I will I will just so it's not as a weird of a comment I'll connect it to a PT Anderson movie where a lot of Merkins were used in the Master the Master yes there we go look at this uh, this fan made uh, Boogie Nights poster with Hoffman on it uh, it's cool ooh yeah that's really cool is it, oh it's very uh, it's very phallic yes what film. I think Philip is Philip Baker Hall still with us, or did he? And when I say still with us, I meant he was taking a nap in my bedroom before. Oh, is he still with us? I think he meant in the movie. I'm like, yeah, you're watching him, Kyle. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> he has cancer he in the 80, movie. He's 89 years. Yeah, old. no, no, he is. He is. No, I just it was. Just, look, 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 look! He's... You're missing a favorite part. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, when you said still with us, <laughs> I literally thought you meant in the movie. Like, just look up. <laughs> now, he's also, he's an actor that, like, has definitely played in his later years, like, characters that are, I mean, this film included, but even, like, later dying, on characters. Yeah. yeah, characters that are, like, yeah, sick or dying. But I think he's... I know you probably don't know the answer to this, but I am curious. For cocaine, they like cut it up, whatever, right? Uh-huh. Are you measuring exactly? You're just, you have like a general. Like you're eyeing it, right? Yeah, you're not you're like, right. oh, yeah. that like four inches equals this. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, I think like, I mean, I, I, I honestly, number one, I'm not good with like measurements cocaine. in the sense of like <laughs> ounces and everything like that. Fair. But I know like that, like, I mean, like people that buy it know like what they're getting. Even when it comes to weed, like they, like it goes by, you know, technically a weight or a size, I think. Right? Yeah. So just in that sense, you know, like, okay, I'm going to break that into, I've got the quantity of five. Oh, like lines, if I have 10. You know what I'm saying? Ten of something. That little bag equates to yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. I could break it into yeah. five, and there's two. Okay. Yeah. So they're into math. Gotcha. 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 Is this the singing part yet? I'll turn it. Or is that the frog part turn that they're it. singing? Nope. No. Nope. Because there's a part where they're all singing, right? 
<laughs> was ridiculous. Oh, no, you're kidding. No, I'm like, isn't there a part where, like, okay. oh, that's the, I'm thinking of the music video. Oh. The Amy Man <laughs> Save Me. That would be crazy. If, like, would it shock you with <laughs> this movie? I mean, no. I, it I, rains frogs at one I point. Would, oh. I would love to see, um, P.T. Anderson. This is sorry. This is such a big moment to me yeah. in the film when he just he's like, "I'll take the next shift. Don't worry about it." Like he's going to be the one to ferry him to death. But I would love to see uh, P.T. Anderson do like a musical, like Moulin Rouge. Yes, exactly. P.T. Anderson or Boz Lerman. Oh, <laughs> you excited for that Elvis? Tom Hanks. Oh, I forgot he's directing. Yeah, That's where he got Tom COVID in Australia. Oh, I know it was that movie. The movie that just shouldn't be made. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks, hot topic because of podcasts that exist on this network, but needs Tom to Hanks stop. is Elvis, right? Yes. <laughs> needs to stop playing real people. Real people. Just need, like, I forget what it was. Well, I, like I said, so it's not real people, but like, it's like a famous character in Geppetto. But like I thought there was one, which is <laughs> yeah, a character that's been played multiple. No, no, I know. Years, you know. I'm laughing as like he's Geppetto's a real person, but I'm a real boy. But no, he's I'm a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> he's not even Italian. If I'm Italian, a little offended. Who knows? Who, know, who knows in this world what is gonna offend? <laughs> okay, you have to pick an Italian person to play Geppetto. Who is it? Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's playing Pinocchio. No. <laughs> I'm a, a real boy. It's a Joe Piscopo. <laughs> De Niro, Pacino. You got a lot to choose from. Pacino as Geppetto. <laughs> oh my oh, god, wow. that would be awesome. I'm Geppetto. I'm in a way. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't me old. <laughs> Whoa! It got a big mouth. <laughs> Where's my wooden son? <laughs> He's come to life! <laughs> and a dog foaming at the back. <laughs> Let's see. Al- no, it's Italian American actors. Pinocchio, you gotta try the bread, Pinocchio. <laughs> That's what he. Hey, how about, how about the namesake of this network? Nicolas Cage, Italian American. He K- could beat Geppetto. Cageano, yeah. <laughs> He's not. It's, it's Nic- Nicky Coppola. Little Nicky Coppola. Yeah, little Nicky Coppola. <laughs> Has he ever, uh, I guess, in uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Moonstruck, That's is that his most Italian character? We'd have to ask the guys, yeah. but that's definitely his most Italian character, I'd say. Yeah. Stallone? Like he's never in a, I'm sure he's been in a mob movie in like these later years, but I don't think he's ever like... No, I don't think he's played like a true... Yeah, mafioso. Yeah. yeah. Stallone. That's Geppetto. Hey, hey, Pinocchio. Knock on wood, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Travolta, Italian-American. I forget about William H. Macy in this movie. And and you answered your question. Who's going to get the lead of William H. Macy? DiCaprio? DeVito? (laughs) (laughs) James Gandalf. Oh, passed away. How Steve Buscemi is. Geppetto. so weird. (laughs) Ray Romano? Pinocchio! Everybody, I want a real boy! Everybody loves Geppetto. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say three names. You're going to tell me yes or no. It's Geppetto. Tony Danza. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> Stanley Tucci. Oh, hell That's yes. That's the winner right That's there. That's the winner. winner. That's the winner. It becomes like a real food movie. Like <laughs> Joe Montaigne. 
Yeah, Pinocchio, yeah. No, I can like, see that. Yeah, like, no, this is more that, I'm going to say right now. Chaz Palmateri. Mm. I'm Geppetto. I'm Geppetto, yeah. <laughs> you got to sit down, I'm going to tell you a story, Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio. John Turturro. That sounds like a slur, by the yes. way. <laughs> what a Pinocchio. <laughs> John Turturro. Yes. I can see I'd that. see him or T- Tucci are the, my, my tops. All right. I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you two. Oh, the, wait, this is definitely, this is when the song, this is a song, right? Yeah. Okay, so I was right. They, they, they do sing. Yeah, right. okay. Two more I'm just going to give you. Okay. Joey Pants. Uh, maybe, yeah. Right. Ray Liotta. <laughs> All right. All my life, I wanted to build my own son yeah. <laughs> for as long as I can remember. Pinocchio, yeah, just like getting mad, like you fucking lying. In the rain, like what's this? Rain clearing, breezy. Because well, it started out with like partly cloudy. Yeah, yeah. two and a half hours ago. <laughs> Cool key transition. I honestly don't like. I mean, he's going to rob something. Oh, who's she's someone's? I think mom in real life. You know, like you know, Scorsese's mom. <laughs> Rob Reiner's mom. Let's do a podcast of just director Act, mom cameos. Mom, yeah. Yeah. yeah, director mom cameos. Yeah, so definitely those two. Scorsese. Yeah, that's all I can know right now, but I'm yeah. sure there's more. Well, this one you said to someone. I feel like it is. <laughs> I'd watch uh, a, a character I would have liked to have seen Philip Seymour Hoffman play as like a dog walker. Oh, a dog. Are they going to say like a dog in like Homeward Bound or something? Oh, like a voice? Yeah. Mm. Or a Oliver and Company. <laughs> Why should I would? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to look up. <laughs> oh, mom, give me a look yeah. of Oliver and Company. Um, I'm like, <laughs> should, I'll first put director, director's mom. Speaking of voice actors and director's mom, how about that Martin Scorsese cameo in Shark Tale, huh? Crazy, right? It's not just a cameo; it's a character. True, true. A directors that appear in their own films—that's not what I want. Directors' mothers that appear yeah. in in film, because technically Scorsese's mom, yes, she's in Scorsese movies, but she's in—I think she's in Wait, another so non-Scorsese movie, right? Scorsese's mom. But what's a directors? Directors' mom. mothers who are in films. I don't mothers. know. Director mother cameo. I don't know. Director. Ron Howard has his father in movies, but that's not what we're counting on our podcast. Hmm. I'm getting so many directors. Like, yeah. Oh, yes. I get there's a little uh, 30 actors who shared screen with their parents. I mean, that's so probably worse, be, but there's also going to be like, you know. Well, it's going to be like, it's Jaden, the, the yeah. picture is. Jaden Smith with Will. That was one of your favorite movies. Mel Streep, after Earth. Mamie Gummer. Bridget Fonda, Pete Fonda. Oh, this movie. 
<laughs> just weighs on you. Catherine Scorsese, we lost her in 1997. I thought I just put directors' moms just as simple as that. You might have to look it up like who's the Palma's mom? <laughs> who's Spielberg's mom? Maybe we just named the only two. Maybe, yeah. A little short run podcast. <laughs> All right, I was like, oh, do I have enough time to go to the bathroom? I'm like, yep, we have 45 minutes left. <laughs> or, no, there's going to be credits, so at least half an hour left. Yeah, once Tom Cruise gets to the house. Boy, yeah, this is a hard, hard one to find. Uh, directors who had their moms in their films. It's a very long sentence to Google, but I feel like. Yeah, that's the directors that appear in those films. You can't. It should. I don't know. It should be. Scorsese's mom. I feel like that just shouldn't be... I mean, unless obviously there's really only those two, then maybe an article wouldn't ever be written about it, but I just... I don't know. Uh, All fans out there, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Maybe if I just put, like... uh, What was... Okay. Rob Reiner... Mom. No, I just want I want I want to put like okay, so that's a Stellreiner. So if I just put if I put their names like a Stellreiner and then Catherine Catherine uh, mm. Scorsese, you know, that's a good idea. Reiner, Catherine Score. <laughs> what a weird little tangent we've gone on. Moms made famous by their celebrity kids. It might be. Maybe, yeah. Let's see. I mean, Catherine Scorsese is part of the article. So there's... Okay, so the first thing I see is it's not a movie, but Aziz Ansari's mom is in like that... uh, But I thought... I mean, saying is... Oh, because I'm searching the articles about moms, not dads. (laughs) So, but like, she's in the, uh, you know... uh, Master Master Mom. Well, I know... uh, (laughs) Not to be, not to be r- racist, but I know, uh, what's her name? Uh, P- Pilar Schneider. <laughs> really? Rob Schneider's. Yeah. What's her name? Um, why am I forgetting? Mindy Kaling, when in the episode of like Diwali in the office, those are her real parents. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so you, you she's, she's in the animal, she's in the hot chick. Do you, spend I didn't know that. So you, co- you covered, you covered, I did her? cover the hot chick yeah. on this episode. I mean, on the, on my podcast. High and those are the only people mentioned. <laughs> So wow, people not like you. you put your mom in your movie, Kyle. Yeah, 
unfinished movie. Yeah. <laughs> Piss and shit. Sorry, just said that. <laughs> you use really strong language. You, you use really strong language. No, don't leave. Or do cocaine. Figure out what she does. I do not remember this in the movie. Yeah, and he busts up his teeth. Keys. A lot of keys here. This third hour has been about keys. <laughs> I'm sure that's got, I don't know, it was uh, were keys mentioned in what you say is the uh, the Bible passage. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> did you uh, watch the Snyder cut? Yeah. Did you see it in one sitting? Yes. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Good. Did you like it? <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Are you the one who convinced Mike Mancy to do it on Third Times a Charm? Because it wasn't me. No, but he reached out to me saying, have you watched it? And wants to... Yeah, but he, that's what he was saying. Hey, did you give me this? I'm like, no, maybe it was Kyle. Because you guys used to talk about those movies a lot. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't. I haven't seen all the DC ones. I get, I've seen all of them. I was trying to think for a second. Is the Snyder Cut better than what came out? Yes, it's a more. Even though it ends on kind of a cliffhanger, it's like a more complete the, story. It was oh, just absolutely oh, awesome. And will they ever be in a movie together? Tom Cruise and Philip Seymour Hoffman, obviously. And he has—he doesn't have this hair though, is the thing. Like, he, no, this is MI two hair. Yeah, yeah. This was his. This was his late nineties, early two. MI two came out in two thousand. I'll drop you, fucking dogs. Jesus. <laughs> Very California style house. Yes, that's a sprawling ranch. Sprawling ranch. Spanish hacienda style. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is great. He really is. Anything you want to say about him, fine, but he's he's great. Yeah. He does. Oh, oh, God. Just... Ugh. He's, yeah, he's so good. And he's not someone, I mean, for a while I was like, ah, fuck Tom Cruise. Like, out of, like, uh, high school years, it just kind of seemed, it was, like, kind of before, like, to, like, you know, Mission Impossible 3, even though it's not now, like, looked at it as one of his, the better ones or whatever. Apparently. Well, that's what we were told. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I really like it. And it definitely was like, I think like kind of like a reboot for him in some ways. And then like, I mean, everyone then like, I mean, his, uh, you know, role in Tropic Thunder was like, you know, well, that's the thing about him, right? Like he didn't have to rebuild his career. He just kept going. Yeah. So eventually we were like, all right, we accept. He you. is, he is time. He is the living embodiment of just time. Yes and no. Like, it's not like he ages, though. You know, <laughs> he's the infinite nature of time. No, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's. We are aging because of him. Yes. 
So he so he got nominated, right? Oh, I didn't. I, didn't was that, yeah. I should have, you know, all this time I should have looked at that. Let me see. There's something, you know, again, I know Burt Reynolds won, I think, a Golden Globe for Boogie Nights and then was Burt nominated Reynolds. for... Terrence Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny name. Funny hat. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not going to cry. I'm saying that to myself as well as repeating Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was improvised, by the way. So this scene, I, sorry, I meant to mention it when the scene came up. Tom Cruise hated the dialogue of this scene, so they kind of just riffed it there. Huh. I'm sure it wasn't just like one take. Hey, let's, you know what I mean? Let, let's try That's this, try that. interesting that, okay, so he, just the second time that you're saying someone hated the dialogue, and then it was George C. Scott who was supposed to play like, you know, Yeah, maybe it was that, bad. Maybe, yeah, just like maybe. <laughs> maybe it was bad dialogue, let's be honest. No, so no Oscar wins, obviously, but the film was nominated for three Academy Awards. So you're right. Cruz was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Best Original Screenplay, ironically, it was nominated for, which proves they know nothing. You know what I mean? That was a bad screenplay. People have admitted they didn't have it. Best Original Screenplay should be some. And again, I know they don't want more awards. They want less awards. But there should be Best Original Screenplay, and that's the physical thing. Like, what was written? Like, what are the bones of this that are the best? And then Best Story, almost as something separate. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because it's yeah, always best story. dialogue, best story. I don't know. You know, something like when I think of when I think of uh, the screenplay, I think of dialogue. I think of like those mechanics of it, like because that's like a writer who's putting their heart and soul into something. It's not necessarily the story. You you, what, you, you read the script and mm-hmm. it's practically like you almost didn't. You don't need to see the movie. Yes, exactly. Like that should be best screenplay. It's almost a writing award, and then best story should be like, oh, you know what? That movie had a really good story. Yeah. Like well, own. like also, I feel like and I know they what they do it. At, I think the SAG Awards and definitely some other award shows, but like best ensembles. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That, I don't know why the Academy Awards don't have that category because yeah. what a photo op moment, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you can you can token give that award to something. Uh, tokens are bad because you know all the like racial things that have the Academy's been accused of. But I mean more like, hey, Lord of the Rings, this one for that, and it won all these awards, right? But you're never going to give a best actor for Lord of the Rings, but maybe that wins a best ensemble. Yeah, you know. I think TV. I think the Emmys do that too. Honestly, because and I I say this not that I want it to happen, but because uh, just award shows like are just like totally dropping in you know people tuning in. The, I'm one of those who have dropped a while. Ago. <laughs> they should have uh, American Idol style people text in. So they they remember they debated this. So we talked about this when we did that kissing booth thing. Uh, you were on my kissing. No, no, booth I remember being ago. on the episode. But I and they were going to have the people's award, and that's what it was kind of going to be. Okay, but they were like the things that were nominated. Like we cannot give an Academy Award to a Netflix like teen movie. No, no, no. There should no. There should be. There should be the movies that are nominated for best picture. Those are like th- those exist, but then out of those, it could be up to ten. Out of those, the people then. That's more fair. Right? That's what like, I'm, that, those, in my mind. That's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, not yeah. like any movie can no, win. No. no, but I think they should have best comedy. I don't know. I don't get this comedy and musical thing because I think some musicals are comedies and some musicals are dramas. Yeah, yeah. you know. So I like. I'm not with the Golden Globes there, but I think. Or again, how The Martian was nominated the best or one best comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's not. They need more strict rules, but I think there should be a there should be genre based categories. But again, there's just too many awards, and 
at the end of the day, that's why I don't watch because it's a TV show. You know what I mean? It's not a true merit system. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, like you were saying before, you 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 take out ads. Yeah, you shouldn't have to do that. You know what I mean? It should just be like it becomes it becomes political. Because some there are some movies. The older we get, the more I think we realize this. Like there are movies last year that I saw that are not nominated this year that should have been. And it's not just like, oh, barely, but like, mm-hmm. it's just because they didn't get seen by the right people and they didn't get promoted by the right people. And that's bullshit. I think if you and I saw the top five nominees for the Independent Spirit Awards and then watched the top five nominees for the Oscars, there would be ones on that Independent Spirit Awards thing that should have probably nom- been nominated for Best Picture, but just, again, they didn't have the money to promote it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, which is, I mean, just the, the landscape of what's also just even getting released is just completely changing. Yeah, now that things are streaming or not, yeah. there's like confusing definitions. I think about Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture over Saving Private Ryan, whatever. But Shakespeare in Love should have probably been in the cat- comedy category. Maybe one of the only, it's a romantic comedy. No, no, I know, yeah. Maybe one of the only comedies that ever won. Well, was it in the Golden Globes? That's a good question. Did that, yeah, did I don't know what year that was, do you know? Uh, 90, I think technically, I think it's 98, but movie 99 award season. But if you just go to Shakespeare and Love on the, on their, um, true, IMDb, it'll say, I'm a good listener. This is, this, <laughs> I love that, that's very punch drunk love. Yes, yes, exactly. It's a really good call. I wonder. I wonder when P.T. Anderson and uh, Adam Sandler became friends, and I wonder if anyway, because we were saying, you know, this is the last time that he works with uh, John C. Riley. I wonder if John C. Riley was maybe originally going to play. I can see that. That would actually be good. Yeah. So Kyle, you were right on the nose. Saving Private Wyatt. Saving Private Ryan won Best Drama. Mm -hmm. Shakespeare in Love won Best Musical and Comedy. There you go. If you still want to have Best Picture, again, I know that it's it's too long for an award show, but whatever. If you still want to have Best Picture, I'm okay with that too. You know what I mean? Like maybe the two the two of those, like between the two of those, I don't know. But but drama and comedy, I'm fine with. But again, musical and comedy made no sense to me because there are dramatic musicals and there are comedy musicals. Just like Phantom of the Opera, dramatic musical, right? Mamma Mia, yeah. comedy musical. Les Mis. Like, dramatic yeah. musical. Yeah. Cats. <laughs> well, that, I mean, Cats probably is a dramatic musical, but it's played up as comedy. Memories. <laughs> That's the only part that was you, good. You, you, me, and Mike Manzi were going to be on Mamma Mia 3, uh, his episode. <laughs> Are they doing a third one? That's the rumor, yeah. Wow. They're trying to get it together. Didn't they kill off Meryl Streep, though? She, I think they killed her off because she couldn't do it. Oh. But I think she briefly appears in the second one, I guess. Because there's flashbacks and stuff. Okay. So they'd probably do something like that. The best part of Mamma Mia 2, and I know we're totally real. It would be amazing if Mamma Mia becomes like Fast and Furious in the sense that it just, you know, Fast and Furious about stealing like DVD players. And then now they're going to space. <laughs> Mamma Mia, like all of a sudden there's, there's a song. There's an, there has to be some kind of ABBA song that would play really well in a seance matter and they bring Meryl Streep back. <laughs> cool. 
But uh, uh, Mamma Mia 2, of course, introduces the romance of Cher and Andy Garcia, which is like chef's kiss to the song Fernando. My word. <laughs> that That's a couple I approve. Oh, God. Cher and Andy Garcia, that's what you think about. Yep. You wish you had an estranged father for this moment. No! Look at Parma. Look at Parma. Because oh. he's seen this so many times, but this one's different for some reason. And Well, and he, he did it. Yes. This one's different. Did we... I mean, and, uh, you know, obviously, knowing that we're not just, like, sitting in totally watching the movie is it ever said specifically what their falling out was do you it is he banged a lot of women that's what he was talking about he was like i was with a lot of women i had you know whatever so i think he cheated on the mom robards yeah 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 you know and then yeah exactly It's, it's interesting that you have like two older male characters and him Philip Baker Hall and both of them like have you yeah, know, like, like you, you couldn't combine that yeah <laughs> I keep forgetting what he's doing so good call William H. Macy it's the it, I mean by far the storyline I'm least invested in yeah and well it doesn't I mean not that William H. Macy there's a lot of coke in this movie Jesus sorry Obviously, very talented actor William H Macy, but it's just like a lot of his stuff is alone. So it's just not true, that true. not not that I mean, there's all this for as much of an ensemble again as much of an ensemble movie that this is. Not a lot of the actors like you know it's like only like you're paired off in two or threes or whatever. But um, but uh, he is like practically. Besides with the Illinois Nazi, he's practically alone the whole time. I mean, what was his big thing? That he wasn't invited back to be on the quiz show? So he was, like, offended by that? And it's just, like, his, like, shitty life? Yeah, he's lived his whole life as the quiz kid. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, the frogs haven't happened yet, so... This must have been such a commitment to see in the theater. Yeah. Well, and it's not Lord of the Rings where it's like you're building to something. How know. Saving Private Ryan's like two and a half hours, right? It's pretty long. It's on Netflix yeah. now, and I had it on the background. I mean, because that that whole also that's a very like it seems like it's like the kitchen island. What a drawer to keep your gun in. Yeah, um, good idea. It's two hours and 15 minutes, so it's long. But the first 45 minutes are just that D-Day battle. I know. And then the plot starts. So it's, like, yeah. so it's really like a movie before a movie. Yeah, again, that's that's like the film's prologue. And considering what it is, like it, it makes the rest of the movie flow well. Because it's, yeah, because you're not like, you know. It just, I mean, yeah, that having that D-Day scene just made it like... This is one of the, like, I mean, just crazier, like, that. that is truly, that's like, 
the war part until like then like the battle at the end. And I mean, there's de- and even like that's the real part of the movie because the, yeah. the story's f- yeah, f- uh, f- yeah, fake, inspired, you know, yeah. What's the guy who, like, everyone hates in that movie? Barry Pepper? Oppen? No, no. <laughs> uh, it's Oppen. Oppen yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Barry Pe- Barry Pepper's for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, isn't he, like, something wrong with him? Oh. Well, Here we go. relatedly, he was in uh, Battleship Earth. Or Battlefield Earth? What is it called? Battlefield Earth. The Travolta. Yeah. Force Whitaker. <laughs> so apparently this can happen. What? Yeah, it's like, and it, the IMDb trivia says it's happened to Philip Baker Hall before. I'm like, all right, I'm not. Gonna what do you mean it can happen? The frog, something. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? How can it happen? Like it's rare in human history that it's happened. But I don't know. They get sucked up from a lake, or <laughs> I would have to imagine like, but it's like no storm is going on right now. Like, I don't think it happens just like this, you know. Jesus. Can it rain frogs? Jesus Christ, so much fucking coke. So yeah, like, just to be clear, it doesn't actually, like, you know, like, frogs don't go into the clouds and come down like that, and it wouldn't be like Well, this. I think they, like, especially in, really high. And especially like, in L.A., you yeah. know what I mean? But, like, theoretically... What, if, like, a tornado came through? Yes, like, a bayou? Near, yeah, exactly, that's what I meant, lake, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. yeah like, like, I mean, the same thing with fish, like... Yes, or, like, anything yeah. that's in the water yeah. theoretically <laughs> hit you. Yeah. I always do imagine, I mean, it has to be, you know, so much stuff ends up getting tossed. I mean, it's a Philip Seymour Hoffman movie, so we can definitely, you know, twist her. But, like, the, like, lights, you know, any anything that's heavy tends to get, like, thrown away while the tornado is still happening. But I always think the light stuff, like, when the twister ends, do you, is there a moment that you just see, like, stuff falling? Like, hmm. it's that face. Three hours to the day it rained frogs. I'm sorry? I said it's three hours later and then it rains frogs. Yeah. It's like, that's what this movie what do you, what What do you think people's reactions were? They're invested. They're state, the people that stayed in the theaters are seeing like other people leaving. Yeah. Like, let's say they don't even know who P.T. Anderson is. Oh, yeah. I've seen the... Like, I know Julianne Moore. Let's watch this movie. Or, like, I know Tom Cruise. Let's watch this movie. Yeah, they're probably like, what... The F. This is the most pretentious PS ever. Yeah. And it's not, again, I like this movie, but you got to be really invested in the director, I think, to buy in at this point. It's going to rain frogs. It's, it's very French, you know, not just because <laughs> of, like, frogs, but... And he makes it so literal, too. We're seeing how the city is reacting to... What would happen Jesus if it rained Christ. frogs? What a crazy shot. Crazy, right? Like, so Ugh. bleak. Oh, it falls through the skylight, right? So the IMDb trivia made a note, like, there are no real frogs used in this. No shit. 
<laughs> it's <laughs> much it's like uh yeah we, uh, frogs became <laughs> extinct <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's cgi obviously and like rubber frogs yeah they just went to uh, a bunch of Jersey boardwalks. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> How much was gas back then? How much? Uh, like, also, if that was happening, would you really continue driving? No, I, yeah, I didn't get that. I get like when cars are like slipping because like, they must get yeah, really but, like. But like, yeah, wouldn't you like no, stop pull over? Right? Yeah. yeah, pull over. Wait for it to end. Boom. Now look, oh, ooh, if it's going uh, on for like four, four hours, I hate teeth stuff. <laughs> if it's going on for like four hours, though. You know, you might go home, but just wait and see if it passes. Yeah, take it really slow. Yeah. That hurts so much. Yeah, think about, like, how far it's falling down from. If I threw that at you right now, it would hurt. You yeah. know what I mean? What a crazy movie. What a crazy movie. <laughs> what a... <laughs> So self-indulgent. Oh my god. Again, at least P.T. Anderson today is like, yeah, maybe I went a little too far with this. Yeah. This happens. See? Ugh. <laughs> it's How, just, having it's... to talk it through has made me like it less. Well, I think I, um, correct me if I'm wrong, was this one of, uh, Wit, who he had on for Synecdoche and Twister, mm-hmm. this was one of his, I think this was his favorite PTM. I think so. Like, he didn't like the master, which yeah. I got offended by. <laughs> um, like, this is just, I mean, I mean. Next level, like I don't know. There's just a, uh, if the I feel I feel better about myself that the director is saying like yeah, it could have been sure and stuff like that. Like there's just too much uh, over. I think I said self indulgent before, but it's just over indulgence. Because um, self indulgence, I feel like is like putting himself into it a lot. Yeah, just like over indulgence is just like when you watch. Something and you're just like, I mean, the the, the fact that the, you said the movie was originally, so now then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it does come back. And I, mean, I just want to kind of watch this if I. Because it got hit by a frog? No, he ate the pills. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. (laughs) Boy, all those frogs and... 
Stolen a few croaks. You thought about not saying it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who? Who is Linda? Julia Moore. Okay, okay. Now on just to the next dying person. Yeah, I mean that's their life. Yeah. Right. So he's like, it's like hospice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a tough job. Oh, but I can't even. Oh God. You said you could do it easy. Shut up. When we were off air, Kyle was like, oh, "What a BS job." That's like, <laughs> yeah, you got to handle. It's a real BSN. I don't know what you need for that. Do they end up fucking? Yes. On screen. Are they ever in another movie together? It's a good question. I'll look Julianne it up. Moore, Tom Cruise. You know, like, I feel like it would have to be earlier on. Um, in this stage of his career. Not that, I mean, you know, obviously then she, like, I feel like she could show up in a, in a I know she hasn't been in a Mission Impossible, but she's like someone that could show up. Yeah, why not? Kind of, they need to add more, um, Needs to be. I know they have they, like all those movies now are much more connecting in the, that world, but she needs to be a a bad guy or yeah, bad woman, <laughs> bad lady, bad lady. Nope, just this movie. Okay, this storyline could have totally gotten cut too. Pretty much anything with the game show stuff. Again, it could have been a background thing. Go to a dentist. (laughs) I hate mouth stuff. Um, while we're kind of, you know, going towards the end here, <laughs> we should mention that this will be our, our last episode for a while. Yeah. We're taking a hiatus. You know, we're reformatting the show a little bit. As we mentioned maybe a couple hours ago, maybe it was in the middle <laughs> month. I can't remember at this point. But we'll be, you know, reformatting the show when we can. But we'll pop in from time to time if and when that P.T. Anderson movie comes up. If anything big comes up, we'll be there. We'll be ready to break some Hoffman news. So... Just keep an eye on the feed, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And I'm not, I'm not ending early. I just don't want to forget to say that we still have another hour left of Magnolia. And so, what I was going to say before, but then I wanted to hear that, like with the prelude stuff, kind of came back into the uh, story. Just it being like overindulgent, like how you said that this film was originally like the John C. Riley, Melora Walter stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's movies like this that you're like. Okay, why why did this all have to be one movie? (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's a great way to put it. Like, the the quiz show. I would love to see P.T. Anderson make a movie about, uh, uh, like, a quiz show. You know, something like that. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. But nope. (laughs) Well, he did. He did. He made this.
<laughs> so many frogs. Arguably too many. Are the frogs symbolism for the just how much story is in this movie? <laughs> I think it's a young director's thing really good to get away with. Well, yeah, what what's more? What more do we need to see? I think he meets up with Melora Walters. What more do we have to see? I think we haven't seen Tom Cruise sitting next to like Linda. I think we maybe see that visual. Is he talking to himself right now? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I certainly believe so. John C. Riley is just such a interesting looking guy. He can do drama. He can do comedy. He can do it all. There was that. Um, there was a one of the last like Oscars. I feel like I probably watched in full, and um, it's uh, it, there was a musical number. And I think, I mean, Will Ferrell wasn't nominated for an Oscar, but maybe it was around the time of the producers, because like, I know he was nominated for, I think, a Golden Globe for yeah, that. Yeah, he was for that. But... So I'm just trying to think, so maybe it was in that year, but it's Will Ferrell and Jack Black, and they're like, I think Jack Black's like um, jealous of Will Ferrell. And then John C. Riley joins in. He's like, guys, you got to balance it yes. well. And like dr- yes, dramatic and comedy. That. That. And then they were like, who do they cut to? And they're like, but you're, is it Clint? Or is it Jack? They cut to somebody in the crowd and they're like, no, you're fucking perfect. Like, we're, we don't, we're not trying to offend you right now. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> but it's, I got to look that up. Is it the Lord of the Rings sketch with him? <laughs> and J- Jack Black uh, mentioned very much on this podcast because Philip Zimmer Hoffman tended to beat him on roles. Yeah, early on. They were I up for a lot if of roles. there was ever a role that Jack Black got instead of Philip Zimmer Hoffman. We don't know that because we don't do Jack Black movies. Maybe we'll have yeah. to do an IMDb thing in the Jack Black movies. Nacho Libre. <laughs> yes, exactly. The later <laughs> films especially. Get the corn out of my face. <laughs> yeah. Tropic Thunder. That would have been great, because then Tom Cruise and... True. Jack Black, Will Ferrell, Oscars. I'm gonna, yeah. Sing at the Oscars. I'm gonna have to watch this after this episode. <laughs> yes, don't watch it right now. <laughs> Amy Man Save Me, by the way, was uh, nominated oh, for... That's it. Oh, oh, that's oh it. okay, that's it. <laughs> but Amy Man Save Me was nominated for Best Song at the Oscars. Didn't win though. Did not win. Did not win. Oh, whole nine yards. Yes. Next movie. Amazon is suggesting we watch the whole nine yards, and it went oh. to it. What? 
just automatically goes to it. I'm yes. going to watch this. When I want to watch Magnolia, the next thing I think of is the whole nine yards. It's a good palate cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much uh, for listening, not just to this episode, this uh, three-hour slog. But, not again, it's not a slog in a negative way. It's just like, long movie to talk through, that's all. But yeah. th- thanks so much for listening, listening to this whole season of P.S. I Still Year, Love years. Hoffman. Yeah, years worth. Years worth. Right, we started this in... January of 2019. Yeah, January 2019. It's now 2021. Yeah. Let's take a little hiatus, but a lot of fun things happening over on my show, High School Slumber Party. We got some spinoff shows. We're talking some black teen movies, which is always fun. We're talking some modern teen movies. We're talking the classics as well, and some new cool things we're going to announce there. Of course, though, Foodie Films, it's, it's, it'll be back at some point, right? Yeah, been recording episodes um, where actually it will be Brian and his wife are going down to Asheville, a place that we went for uh, his bachelor party. Um, first time, only time I've been there. You've been there a few times now. Um, three times. I was like, how many times? I've been there three yeah, times. Three yes. times. Uh, and so, yeah, set up some uh, recordings for down there, doing some up here. Uh, so, yeah, the Foodie Films will, will, will be back, but just uh, kind of there was, uh, you know, just more and more reasons that I needed to have like a, a, a break and just uh, couldn't couldn't record for a while. So um, way to sell all, the show. Yeah, <laughs> you'll hear all about that when the, when it comes back on. I'll in, it, it, share some stories. He's got stories to tell. It's my Magnolia. Yes. It's, he's coming back with a three-hour podcast. It's going to have 20 people. It's going to rain frogs at the end. It's going to be great. Frog legs. Have you eaten the frogs? I was going to say, well, yeah, I have. Interesting, interesting. I don't know if it's I tough. They have very small bones, so it's like, imagine, like, you know, so it is pretty much like chicken. It's like one of those things I felt like that's where, like, oh, it tastes like chicken, like, comes from. But um, but then, like, the bones are very small, like, when you have to be careful eating a fish. Do they skin the frog? Or are you eating the frog's skins as well? I think you're eating... Uh, like, is there's, 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 there's a little wet skin. I don't know. Yeah, rubbery kind of skin. <laughs> but, uh, well, that's how we're going to end this season of... I've had fried frog legs. So yes, I'm, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I assumed. That's how we're going to end this season of P.S. <laughs> I still love Hoffman. Keep watching Hoffman movies. If you hear any cool Hoffman news, let us know. And again, thank you so much for keeping the legacy of this great actor, perhaps the greatest actor, alive. So, Kyle, uh, what do you It's raining frogs. <laughs> oh, no. Stay uncool, Hoff fans. We love you. Thank you. Sex a bang, sex a bang you, I believe.